Welcome back to We Got Goosebumps, a podcast dedicated to the landmark horror series for children, hmm, written by Arl Stein back in the 90s. I'm your therapist who thinks all the ghosts are in your head, silly Billy, Dylan. Hey, Dylan, and I'm, I'm your silly cat who creates chaos out of spite. I'm Travis. It's always the cat. I feel like that's all cats, really. Like, is there any cat that doesn't use its pure spite for someone or something, and then just... It's just, it's a chaos engine that runs on spite. But, uh... It's a, yeah, it either sleeps or creates chaos. It's got two modes. Hmm. I don't miss having cats, I'm gonna be honest with you. I, I, over the course of my childhood, I think we went through about 13 to 15 cats. Um, when you say you went through them, what were you doing with them? Did you did you ever read that that vi- I think I sent it to you directly about the the guy who's having a conversation with the neighbor and he was just like uh the guy's like oh, man it's expensive getting cats from the pet shelter and he's like what are you, why are you keep getting cats he's like well I get a cat and then <laughs> a coyote eats it so I have to get a new cat and it's like it sounds like you're feeding the feeding cats to coyotes <laughs> and uh but yeah that was my childhood um no I'm just kidding. We took care of the cats. It's just over the course of 20 years, a lot of cats. I think I, I went through a lifetime of cats through those 20 years. Uh, <laughs> we were just, my, my mom would go out there, gather up a handful of cats and be like, we got some new cats, everybody. And, wow. Uh, yeah, that's how my family worked. Crazy um, cat lady. Okay. Mm-hmm. But uh, enough enough of my childhood, because we're going to get into Travis's childhood uh, real soon, I feel like. <laughs> Every uh, time, yeah. Uh, but right now, we're talking about number 13 in the series of, of Goosebumps. I don't know if you if you recall, but this is a podcast about Goosebumps, a children's right. book series from the 90s. Uh, and it's the title is Piano Lessons Can Be Murder, which was released in November of 1993. I'm a... Uh, I'm going to ask you, Travis. I know you play musical instruments. You have the the knowledge and know-how to play at least guitars. Can you you do other things, though, too, right? <laughs> no. No, just I barely guitars. do guitar. I took – it's a fitting segue. I, did, I took guitar lessons for uh, a couple of years in college, and uh, I, I didn't – I didn't transform any of those uh, lessons into any apparent skill. I, I was active for a couple of years, and now I just own guitars, and I'm one of those guys who owns guitars. Oh, okay. So you and I are, are kind of on the same page, except I think I'm much further behind. I do have a guitar uh, that has mm. – I've touched it. I've I've occasionally uh, fiddled with little knobbly bits on the end and made it tighter. Um, yeah. Tighten the knobbly uh, bits, yeah. I've yeah. I've gone at it with my I fingered mine a couple of times. Oh, that's nice. They they yep. like that. I've heard. Uh, they uh, yeah. Get a strum out. You can tell by the sound mm-hmm. that it's digging it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But no, I'm musically mm-hmm. declined. Oh, good. Uh, me too. That's that's out good. of the out of the game. I, yeah. I I hate it when my friends are musically inclined. I feel like I need to I need to do something about that. Like break their fingers or something. I just don't like it when people are better at certain things than I am. I know. I'm, the best I could do now is rap, a parody rap for you. Not Ooh. off, not, I can't you, freestyle, but you give me like a week, I can come up with a pretty good ditty about like balls or something. That's my style. You know? Low effort rap. Well, actually, which are the two uh, of you? You're you're in the rap group Briz and Diddles. Are you, are you Briz or are you Diddles? I'm, di- I'm Diddles. You know, you know who Briz is. Oh, Briz just goes by his rap name all the time? I thought that was yeah. just a, Oh. Oh. Yeah, it's weird, right? Yeah. I mean, he doesn't listen to the show, let's be honest. 
No, he can't read. No, it's fair. But uh, I, I also am very musically disinclined. Uh, so actually, Briz did the music for our podcast. We probably shouldn't shit on him so much, huh? That's actually a good point. <laughs> he did. He did a great job. He is he is actually very musically inclined. He'll he'll occasionally strum down a guitar or, or drop drop a beat or something. I I have a lot of it's good to have musically inclined friends that you can leverage for your podcasting purposes, like our friend Harvest Black for Uncle Doug and mm-hmm. some other folks, because it saves you a ton of mo- money through Fiverr. You don't got to pay those people. You just get your friends to do it. You know what? I feel like that was an ad against Fiverr, but maybe I, it was. I, I'm going to be honest with you. I definitely did not pay five dollars at Fiverr for for my stuff. So uh, a bit of a misnomer. Mm. I don't I don't know if you've been to a dollar store recently, but what's right? the what's the big idea? You go in there and it's like a dollar ninety nine. That's not what I signed up for. I'm sorry. This is a really exactly. bad stand-up no, that's act a, in the middle of this. So. <laughs> it's a good point. I've the Dollar Tree has been burning our ass for years. Mm-hmm. Reel it in. Call it five dollar tree, or don't call it shit. Like when I when I was a kid, it, like this isn't a case of like, oh, I remember when I went to the Dollar Tree and everything was a uh, dollar or under. No, that, they were pulling that shit when you know back in the nineties. Mm-hmm. Speaking mm-hmm. of the nineties, you know our book series came out then. Yeah, November ninety three. Yeah. yeah, circled us back and then stalled us out. That's the best way to do a uh, segue is to like, do a callback and then just immediately let let it sit there. And, and roast and get feted in the in the, <laughs> the heat of silence. There's nothing worse than dead silence on a podcast. So let's do the next best thing on a podcast, and let's talk about art. Like yes, visual art. Mm-hmm. Let's get kicked off with Tim Jacobus, our boy. Uh, he di- I'm going to say he didn't have a lot to work with here. He had a book that was focused on pianos and hands, and. Uh, I'm going to say on that alone, he delivered. Now, I don't suspect he ever read the books completely. Maybe he skimmed for some inspiration. But my bet is that he got collect calls from R.L. Stein, who was too cheap to actually let the call be answered. And he would just, it would just be like, you got to collect call from uh, pianos and hands. And then Tim Jacobus <laughs> had to go off of that to draw covers. And he, he did good given that, given a collect, like a 10, 10, 3, 2, 1. Quickie. I'm, I'm glad know? that uh, you've made a reference that very few people who are born in 1993 are actually going to understand. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, it's 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 pretty bare. I mean, it's it's kind of spooky. You've got severed hands playing a very curved piano, like very curved. Yeah. Like, well, it's probably one of them fancy Las Vegas show. Piano. Oh, you think so? Yeah, yeah. Like a lounge singer probably uses this kind of. But there's also only has one leg. It does look like it was out of like Roger Rabbit. Yeah, there's no real depth to the pic. Like there's only one piano leg that you can. It's almost as if the picture just stops after a certain point and you don't see anything. It's just a red background. Right. It looks unfinished. I I wish instead of the red background, I think it just needs a background. I think it needs something back there. Whether it be just a curtain or a floor or something, it needs something. You know what? I just thought to of, place it. I thought of a, a an a minimal background, just a spotlight on the piano and the hands and everything, and a wooden floor and then darkness behind it. Boom! You're in a concert hall with done. Done. Perfect. Tim, Perfect. take some notes, Mister Jacobus. Like I, I'm, I, I seriously, I have learn no, how to draw. I, I have no visual art skills whatsoever, but Mister Jacobus, come on. Which are you? least inclined in music or art 
Uh, music, definitely. I can't even Same. talk about music intelligently, but I can at least, I feel like, talk about, you know, some art. I like Monet. I can say that. I There is there is a painter from over 100 years ago that I enjoy. So there, that's better than, like, my musical, which is knowledge, which is, like, I like what I like listening to, and I don't, I can't explain yeah. it beyond that. It's like, it's got a lot of strings in it. It's just like, that's... It's all piano, Dylan. Well, there's strings and pianos, right? Somewhere. You lift up the lid. For some reason, my, like, hillbilliness wanted to be like, I can draw a dick, but I can't whistle one, just to let people know I can draw better than I can play music. But, um, you know, it doesn't stop there. We have covers from the UK and from France. And the UK added again, Dylan, you got really worked up about this in our pre-show ritual, which is where we just look at the art without recording it. And god damn, dude, this is something. I'm so fucking angry. I hate this cover. <laughs> Just every single time. Like, A, the Goosebumps logo itself just looks i'm assuming marmite it's just gooey old marmite on there just <laughs> sprayed across this multicolored jello cube and just what'd you call them pedophile cyborg sam clemens like mark twain just coming out that goo like yeah it looks like mark twain t1000 with pedophile knuckles just hmm and nothing, in, well, most of that's inaccurate. Like, the face is accurate to what it is described for Mr. Shriek. But, A, big spoiler, you don't know there's robots in this until, like, a third of the way into yeah. the book. Uh, and yeah. then the fact that it's just like, oh, Mr. Shriek is a robot cyborg. Spoilers for people listening to this podcast. But Jesus Christ, this is... Didn't even fit a piano on there. Could have gone with, could have done the Jacobus ritual of just putting what's in the title on the book. No, they've just... Uh, they went out of bounds. Out of bounds. And that's the lamest cyborg I've ever seen. It's too happy for a cyborg. Like, what if that guy was, like, your doctor? Like, he's not... No. He's I don't just want like, that. Here's a lollipop! And like, okay, go away, my friend. Yeah, seriously. And then, uh, the the French, um, who led most... I think most of the European covers look like this. Uh, but I'm blaming it on the the French for some reason because alphabetically they came up first. Um, but it's uh, it's kind of a lame, a more lame version of Jacobus's take, which is uh, instead now instead of disembodied hands, we have disembodied uh skeleton hands playing a piano that's not curved. I will say this is at least not a a spoiler and b at least references what happens in the book at the same time, I guess. Like, I mean, the ghost lady does turn into, like, wow, that, that was a cool scene in that book, though. Uh, yeah, yeah that's true. Um, but uh, I, one of the things I do both hate and love about this is that the author went to, because, you know, the your, your, your arm, your lower arm is two bones. It's not just the one bone. And right, right. The artist went to the trouble. You know that I, as the bone peddler. Uh, as the bone peddler, I do know that. Uh, don't mm-hmm. follow me on Steam. Um, the, uh, <laughs> and went to the trouble of doing both ends of those bones, except it looks wicked awkward. Like, I think you should just left off the arm bones and just left the hands or something, because it looks weird with that, the, what is that, the ulna? Just kind of floating off, not even connected yeah, to the rest of the hand. Not even connected. But I, I, I feel like they actually went to the trouble of making anatom- anatom- anatomically, wow, I didn't even mm. start that, anatomically correct <laughs> hands. Like, is that how many hand- bones you're supposed to have? That looks accurate to me. 
as a as a person who doesn't know. Uh, They're like, as a children's book, we've got to nail the hand bones. Yeah. Kids got to learn how many Tarsals. bones are in a hand. Yeah. And now they'll get a good close-up look at uh, a pair of... I, I'm just going to say, I don't care what any other country did, as long as it's not the... F- the British. Um, Boy, they, they do a number on these things, man. I don't know. But uh, I, also the bones here, jagged cut. Now, when, we're going to get into the story. I assume most of those hands were clean cut. Uh, this looks like it was chewed off by a dog. So mm-hmm. th- that's also a factor. I'm yeah, gonna throw that, in there. Uh, yeah, it's it's not again. It's not very accurate, but you know. Yeah, good job, France. Mm-hmm. Uh, but that that's it. Actually, there's no uh, there there weren't a lot of other international releases. We don't get the fun Indonesian cover. We don't get uh, a standalone Dutch cover. We don't get a Korean cover or Japanese. We don't get any other covers. It just uh, it hung out in the UK, Europe, and of course we got Tim Jacobus's North American special. So that's all we get for cover this time around. Yeah, that's that's a little disappointing. Ooh, cover talk is usually my favorite talk, but uh, honestly, <laughs> if it maybe it's just all floating hands over pianos, like it's not. It doesn't. It's it's another kind of book where it's hard to think of something that would. I mean, aside from my excellent recommendations to Mister Mister Jacobus about what he should have done, uh, sure. Like, I don't I don't know how many more variations on that theme you can possibly do. It's kind of like say cheese or die. We 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 saw basically every possible permutation of skeletons and cameras that you could possibly do. But ultimately, uh, skeleton barbecue is is a clear winner in that case. But. I like how you said or dies if they those kids had an option. I don't know? remember titles. All right, I think it's <laughs> we just need to admit the fact. I don't even know the name of the podcast we're on. Whether it's <laughs> bumping spookers or spooking bumps or like getting goosey mm. or like I don't know what I'm doing right now. I don't know I, my I can name. See your Travis. confusion. I don't know my bumping name. Bumping spookers is what we put on the calendar, <sighs> so I I can see okay. the confusion. Okay. Um, but when we bump spookers, we're doing it because we got goosebumps. All right, just remember that. It's a little cheat for you. Shall we get into the book, though? Shall we start talking story? Shall we get into this rich, written novel by our pal R.L. Stein? I'm going to jump ahead to the end and just say pretty weak entry for number 13. Wow. I was wanting something a little more. Weak entry for number 13. I don't, I'm not going to. You know what? I'm going to say I, I quite enjoyed this one. So Okay. I mean, I almost said, were you going to play devil's adjective? But that's not the right word. No, I don't play devil's <laughs> adjective anymore because no one likes people who play devil's adjective or advocate. Like, that's like, you know what? My favorite thing is when I'm talking to someone and having an earnest conversation with them and they're just like, let me play devil's advocate here in support of uh, belief I don't actually believe in. It's like, no, let's not have that conversation because yeah. if you don't actually called... believe it, then who gives a shit what you think about it? Yeah, you're just kind of being an asshole for seemingly no reason. Yeah, this is this is a talk between friends. What the fuck are you doing? Travis, right? Yeah, you do that. I would never play devil's adjective with you, bud. Let's talk about the book. We've talked enough about the covers, piano lessons, which neither of us took. So, but I imagine I would not have been happy about piano lessons if I was a child. I remember saying the exact same thing, where it's just like I only want to learn cool rock piano because I was, as an eleven-year-old, I was actually really into Jerry Lee Lewis, which is, I guess, good for Jerry Lee Lewis because he's also into (laughs) eleven-year-olds. Anyway, as long as there is cousin. As long as there is cousin. Yeah. 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 Uh, That's a good point. Maybe, You're safe. maybe like pedophile jokes on the children's book podcast. Not the best motion. But we're going to start. The UK drew it. They drew the cover. That's true. They did draw Mark Twain as pedophile robot cyborg. It's kind of like Westworld if all the robots were just pedophiles. 
Yeah. 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 If all the robots worked at Subway or something. Yeah. Oh, ooh, too soon. R.I.P. Really? Jared's career. Career? Is I don't. His career? Yeah, he just walked around and talked about sandwiches. You, you need he to had know. It easy. You need to know that anyone who walks around talking about like footlong anything's is their job probably is not someone you should trust around children. I'm just saying. <laughs> wow, just really going off the just tangents after tangents. <clears throat> this book, however, piano lessons can be murder. I read that. I didn't remember that. Uh, starts off as a lot of of Goosebumps books seem to start off with with children being moved into a new location and not being thrilled about it although i feel like jerry is actually like the most level-headed about it he seems pretty like he rolls with a lot of stuff which makes it funny that his parents are just like he must be going crazy instantly he moved into this new house psychiatrist because jerry like from his point of view is just like yeah it's a new house i like this place i wonder if we can turn this into a video game room like he's just wicked excited yeah. about everything so do the nintendo room hell yeah but they're they're moving into the house, and we right away find out that Jerry is one of those little shits that likes to prank everybody, which, I'm going to be honest with you, A, lets me know immediately what's going to happen later, which is Jerry's not going to believe about anything because he's a little shit. Yeah, uh, telegraph that one. So, but I do like what, A, what Jerry's pranks are throughout the book, and how his parents react to them for the most part, because his parents are a little too laid back about most things, but they're moving into the new house. Jerry's just like, I need to fuck with my parents somehow. Oh, dust balls. I'm going to turn these into to little tiny little tiny mice. And then he just puts on like an Oscar winning performance about these dust mice that he's created. And he's just like, Mom and Dad, I'm fucking scared of mice. You know that ever since I got bit as a five-year-old baby and they just scared the shit out of me. You have to do something about these mice. Please, Mom and Dad. Mom and Dad, <laughs> Mom and Dad come booking into the living room. They're rip shit. They're just like, oh, fuck, I'm not mice near my baby boy. And the dad has a broom and he's taking it to these mice. Now, I understand yeah, these yeah. aren't real mice, but like the dad was prepared to kill just right off. Yeah, the he was bat. out for blood. He, he just yeah, murdering mice, and then it's only like Jerry starts cracking up, and they realize that the mice are sticking to the broom because they're actually made of dust. And he, yeah. he the way he describes his dad is like his dad turns like beet red and apoplectic and everything, and his mom's just like Jerome, how is you? You're gonna give your dad a heart attack? And his dad's just like, oh, they really they're pretty good looking mice. Oh, oh, really thought they were real. Like they just, they're so like kind of like eh, stop it. We're dealing with a lot of stress right now, but come on. Come on, Jerry. Like, <laughs> knock it off. Come on. We're all stressed. Uh, the, they were going to have to call, like, a crime scene cleanup after Dad hit him with the broom. It's like Dad was looking for blood. He was, like, oh, yeah. kind of excited. He, he wanted yeah. to kill something. He wanted to prove himself. He's like, this ain't going to be no straw dogs. I'm going to prove myself as a man. And he just yeah. he takes it to these two dust mice. Mice, but you could tell he'd been wanting to kill a cat for years, but no one will let him, mm. so he went after them. Oh yeah, you you think that the parents are both on Bonkers' side, but you find out later in the book that the dad's like, yeah, fuck Bonkers. Like, can we get rid of him? And the mom's just like, what? Are you, both of you now? Like, you turning against me? Oh, this, this Bonkers. <laughs> but the the mom's just like, can you just like get out, stay out of the way, keep an eye on Bonkers, sweep up this the, your dust mice creations. And he, he tells us about Bonkers. He hates Bonkers because Bonkers likes to do this thing where he, he climbs up onto um, halt tall furniture and stuff and jump down on people and just shred them. Uh, so we find out Bonkers is, is a piece of shit. Uh, and no, and at, even to the point where like he, he leaves open the kitchen door in the hopes that Bonkers is going to run out the door and get lost. And it's like, that's, that's a bit sociopathic. 
even for a 12 year old, I feel like. But like, he's, he's, yeah. he's kind of excited about this big house. He's sad about losing all of his friends, especially his friend Sean, who burps a lot. That was a fun little detail in the book about Sean just, it never comes back up. It's just Sean's this kid, this friend that always comes over, burps way too loud, and Jerry's mom hates it. I love that detail. But the mom is even just like, he can stay over for a few weeks if you're super sad. <laughs> but he's, so Jerry's going around, he's exploring, he has these big plans. So in my version, as you, is, I believe you've noted that they, they took the word Nintendo out of the ebook version. Uh, because in my version, it just yeah. says a video game room. Uh, it doesn't say a Nintendo room. Uh, I loved the Nintendo room, man, because as a kid, I was right there with Jerry Bear. I was like, dude, full room just for the Nintendo? Get the hell out of here. That'd be amazing. Jerry's still exploring. He's, he's, he has these plans too. He's just like, my parents are going to love this video game room idea. Like, they're just going to love it. I'm going I'm I'm to pitch it to them. I got an elevator pitch all ready for them, ready to go. But as he's exploring, he sees, like, these stairs that go up to the attic. He's like, I've never had an attic before. I want to go see what's in this attic. I bet the people who used to live here left all kinds of crazy shit up there, like a mirror or, like, a camera, <laughs> like, a, just a whole bunch of you crazy stuff. And so he, he's, like, he's about to go up into this, go up into the, to this attic. And then his dad comes up behind him. He's like, Wah! and she's like, oh, my shit. Like, it's a little, it's a little prank scare in the middle there for the reader not necessarily for Jerry but it's his dad he's just like you can't fucking go up there by yourself you might get eaten by mice whatever let's go up there we'll go together we'll research and investigate everything which is nice his dad's actually a little bit involved in his life and for I think this is the first time that a parent has actually been there when the child has discovered the cursed item usually there's not a parent around you know there's no one around when they found the mirrors and the cameras and stuff although the mom did eventually find the mirror too but I, and I do have a nice uh, childhood memory uh, from this, not a traumatic oh. one that's similar. Because I, I lived in an old, old, creepy house. Very old, very there creepy. There were snakes in the walls. And I was, you know, literally snakes yeah. in the walls. And I would be afraid often because it, it was it was aluminum siding, tin roof. It made noises all the time. And uh, it was a spooky old house anyway. There, my mom had a room just for dolls to give you an idea of how spooky the house was. And uh, I, spooky uh, or I remember... Well, it depends on, honestly, the time of day and what you're doing in front of them. But, um, my, I got my, uh, uh, I got, I got scared one night and I, I called for my dad and, uh, or my parents and my dad came up and I was like, I'm just so afraid. I don't know. I wasn't this reasonable as a kid. I was bawling my eyes out probably, but in, in an essence, I was like, dad, just real spooked out up here, bud. If you could help me out, like I'm not having a good time. I'm in my head. And he took me around upstairs in the dark. With his uh, little flashlight, made sure to open up everything. Was look, look, dude. There's nothing in here. There's nothing in there. What's the next place you're afraid of? I'm like over there. Shine a light. Go over there too. You know, basically walked me through the dark and showed me that there's nothing to be afraid of. And you know what? I slept pretty good for another couple of nights after that. So sometimes having your having your paw go up and you know sort of uh, call out where the spooks are and prove to you that there's nothing there. It's good. It's good bonding. I do like that. Like. Those times in reality and in fiction where, like, instead of the, the parent just being like, you're full of shit, kid, like, get over yourself. They're just like, hey, no, let's, let's take a, let's go take a look see and, and see, see what might be scary. Yeah. It's, uh, so, but, so they're exploring the attic together. Jerry's pretty excited until he realizes there's nothing in there. Like, the, the, the people who used to live here, they didn't, they didn't leave behind golden treasures or whatever. And he, he's kind of bummed. The dad's excited for the same reason I would be excited. 
about an attic in my adulthood, which is, holy shit, the storage. Uh, oh, my God. <laughs> we have an attic that is, like, so huge. I'm very excited about it. Really? Oh, my God. It's the, it's the whole width and breadth of the house. We've like we've done the the lazy person thing where everywhere around the stairs, junk. But we still have like a whole right. house worth of space to to play with up there. It's amazing. Oh, well, that is I cool. Love storage space. But Jerry does notice something in the corner with a quilt over it. He's just like, hmm. Dad, I think that fingers crossed. I think this could be something good. Goes over there, whips the the cover off, and it's a shiny black piano now Mm-mm-mm. again as an adult a large scale instrument just the value alone mm. and how do you get up here i mean come on i mean who cares about that it, they do get it down yeah we, we do need to know how to, well you're not the one who moved it it was two piano movers that actually had to move it so like don't don't act like it wasn't a big deal for you to do it sir because i don't i didn't i didn't <laughs> see you with sweat on your brow as you're trying yeah, to struggle right. to get that, you're just being like, oh, well, it is no big problem at all. I just had to pay $300 in 1993 money, and these two guys named Brutus, they took care of it for me. Two Brutuses was actually two the name Brutuses. of the company. Yeah, two Brutuses. Yeah. <laughs> you you want us Brutuses? We'll Lutuses. It. They didn't really come up with a good slogan. I'm going to be honest with you. The two Brutuses, like, it's just like, we won't stab you with high charge rates. Bada bing. <laughs> oh, man. If you need me to write Stupid advertising jingles for you, I'm available. Uh, DylanPCharles at gmail.com. Mm. Uh, so, there's a bit of a mystery about the piano. Jerry's a little excited about it because he thinks he can do some Jerry Lee Lewis. Oh, he's his, his, his <laughs> no, Jerry. Like, mm. you, that had to be the connection that was made by R. Oh, yeah, definitely. Yeah. I call him RL. Sure. But he's uh he's trying to sleep that night. He can't really get to sleep. He's just, you know, you're in a new place. You're in a, I mean same old bed, but a new place that's the house is settling, probably there's those scary spooker noises in the corner. There's a lot of like creaks and groans and but just as he's about to fall asleep, he hears the faint sound of piano music coming from the attic. Now, Jerry, he can add one plus one. He knows there's a, a piano upstairs. He hears piano music. Boom! He goes up to the attic, and uh, that's that's kind of that's kind of where we leave off. There's not really a cliffhanger here. He just goes to explore the attic where the the piano is sinisterly playing. Uh, I feel like bump bump. I feel like that's kind of like what's what be good like a piano like like. I, I what would be the piano equivalent of like bum bum bum? Like that's not a piano, right? That's a trumpet. Like oh, it's like the ding ding dee doo dee. It's not a fucking Zelda game, and you didn't just open a treasure chest. What the fuck are you doing? What? What are you doing? I don't like it. You you do chapter. There we go. Okay, chapter two. I will say chapter one very long. It was ten full pages of a Goosebumps book, which is like a a hefty percent. I, I, I love that you were about to do the actual percentage because eight percent actually sounded realistic and so, like thirty percent of the whole book. Like you're supposed to. I think it's be close, a little hyperbolic yeah. there. You don't have to be. It's like twenty percent of the book. You did actual math. I'm impressed with you. Yeah, it's a little over twenty pages. So yeah, that makes sense. Anyway, uh, so he he's, he calls up. What's go? Hey, what's going on up there? What is that? Who's got? Who that music is? Who's up there? No answer. And the melody is very slow and, and sad. And 
He he actually thinks for a second. He's like, is that coming from outside? At first, but then he's like, no, 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 no. That is that's up there. So now he's getting scared because he's like, oh shit, yeah, that's that piano we just saw. I saw with Pa up there. I think he even considers like maybe it's bonkers. Yeah, that would put him at ease. It's just the cat up there tapping around. But it's like the cat's got some fucking melody. Like cat, <laughs> the cat's stringing together some. Okay, it's not the cat. I guess. I do like. Well, that's. I do like at one point the cat. Obviously, the cat does have to be cause for the music at some point because you don't introduce a cat in a piano and not have the cat on the piano at some point. But when that does happen, it's not. It's it's just like suddenly the piano starts making weird, crazy noise, and it, that's the only time is when it's. Sorry, spoilers for that. But I, I do like the fact that when the cat <laughs> does eventually show up, it's not a tune or anything. It's just like, oh no, the ghost must be super mad. No, it's just fucking bonkers. Great kids show. It's right. true. You ever watched that on Disney yeah. Afternoon? Bonkers. Bonk- yeah, it was yeah. basically a Heck ripoff yeah. Yeah. of uh, of uh, Who Framed Roger Rabbit because it's about a cartoon character, Toontown, and partnered with a human cop who's also a cartoon in this case, so it's a little weird. But yeah, it was basically just wow, you're like a basically just Who Framed Roger Rabbit, the cartoon show. A bonkers expert over here in the house. In the house. Well, stay tuned for a Bonkers podcast. Our bonus up. But. He starts going up the stairs. Now, Dylan, I have an issue with this entire story about temperature. Uh, this this t- this story takes place in the cold winter months. Christmas is referenced. It is cold. It is cold several times. Yet somehow the attic remains hot and stuffy, no matter what. No matter what is I'm happening. I'm going to say you um, clearly do not live in a cold climate that has an attic, because that is. Attics can be still hot and stuffy in the in the winter because that's where all the heat goes. It goes up. Sure, we'll see. But I'm talking to my ass. It's you know what? Fuck it. It's cold <laughs> and drafty in my attic right now. So <laughs> my attic would be about a million degrees right now, but it's hot. And if it's cold outside, my attic's cold because it's just the way it works. It's not they don't heat it or cool it. Anyway, he's up in this attic and it's hot. Right? And he goes up there. And it's dark, and he's calling out, Who up? who's up here playing that piano music? And, uh, of course, no one's replying to that. And then he feels something touch his face, and he's like, Who what? was that? Who? There's a light chain. Touched his face. Freaked him out. Which I've had happen to me a couple times, and it feels like a spider web is on my face, and I just want to rip all the flesh off of my head and burn it in that moment. So I, I, I feel for you there, J-Rare. That's fair. Uh... But he turns on the light. Then the music stops. As soon as he turns on the light. Huh. That's weird. No one's up there. He's looking around. There's no one up there. Keeps looking around. Looks under the bench. Like, did someone just hide under this bench? Which is a step further than I would have taken it. If I'd gone up there and then I heard piano music and I turned the light and it stopped, I'm probably just going to run right back down the steps. Well, Jerry's, Jerry's, like, pretty, like... A, he's pretty chill about everything. Yeah. And, like... You know, he, he follows some logical steps. He's not a lunatic where, like, the first thing he goes up is tell everyone about his ghost piano or whatever. Like, he, I don't think he even tells Kim about the ghost as yeah. piano. He tells her other stuff that makes her freak out before mm-hmm. he can get that far. But he's, he's a pretty level-headed little dude. I'll say that. Yeah. And he's one of the few of our kids that have had uh, therapy recommended and was one of the few that didn't need it. Oh, yeah. He seems like he's pretty well put together. Like, aside from the pranks, like, but his pranks aren't that bad, really. Like, the dust mice? No. Not bad. That's yeah. fun. That's yeah, fun yeah. prank. That's good stuff. Put that right on your prank TikTok. I don't give a fuck. But, um, 
inspects the piano. What's going on with this? What's going on? Why is it? Does it have an autoplay thing? What's going on? Is it plugged in somewhere? Then he feels the bench, and the bench was warm. Now we've already we've already talked about how it's somehow hot up here, even though it's cold winter months. Still, the the attic, the attic runs hot. You know, it's like my uncle Ernie is always sweating, and uh, he's like, okay. Well, maybe maybe it's because it was hot up here. Maybe it's not because someone was just sitting here and left. Okay, that'd be silly. <laughs> uh, but he starts fiddling with the piano. Bing dong, bing. That's how I fiddle with a piano. I don't. I can't play anything, so I just bing bong. I hit the black keys a couple times because I'm always like, "What the fuck are these for? Do people play with these?" I hit those a couple times. Smash the white ones a couple times in a row. Uh, and then he hears a floorboard creak. Uh oh. Oh shit. Now. Dylan, you and I are probably immediately like, oh, that's his dad. Oh, yeah. But Jerry's like, oh, God, that's the ghost of Liberace coming back up here to murder me. And here's creak, creak. Here's some footsteps approaching up them steps. It's clear to him now someone is on the stairs and they're climbing up to the attic and he's trapped. Bum, bum, bum. Chapter three. To be fair to Jerry, he doesn't know he's only in chapter two of a Goosebumper, so he doesn't, he's not aware <laughs> that it's not going to be anything supernatural. It's probably a parent, friend, or relative who's fucking with him in some way, shape, or form. But it's dad. It's just dad being like, what the fuck are you doing up in the attic? It's bedtime, motherfucker. I already told you not to be in here by yourself because you might get eaten by brown recluses or some shit. So, and, oh, man. And I, I can see by your notes that you do. You always love the dad descriptions, and so you've got. I love a good dad description. He's, he's, dude. he's balding. All the dads, I think, after a certain point, are balding. Like there, you have like even in, in all the way back in the beginning and upstairs, downstairs, wherever that book was called in the second book, uh, <laughs> where uh, the dad is he's wearing that Dodgers cap, and uh, but it's cover of new growth. Actually, it's not even to cover up the loss of his hair. But I think the kids even joke that right. like, oh, he's probably fucking going bald. You know how dad is with his fucking sunburned head, but uh, he he's up there. His pajamas are all a mess. He's got the one rolled up to a whole one knee. I hate that when you wake up and like your your like the pant leg is all the way up or whatever. Like it just, yeah, just, so, just oh, got so angry. It's like did I join a gang in the night? What is exactly. going on with this? That's what I would have also thought. What is happening? Uh, so <laughs> he's you know dad dad's a little crabby. They spent all day moving. I don't know if you're an adult who's moved before, but it sucks. Hmm. Like it's not fun. Like when you're a kid and you don't have to actually do any work. Like it's it sucks. That's the worst thing in the yeah. world. All you can think about is like how much time you have and how much money is going down the shitter. About everything. It's the worst thing that can happen to a grown man is to move. Is this your trauma party that we're having <sighs> right now? I, there was a period in my life where I moved like every two years, like as an adult. Mm. Uh, just every two years. But the fact that I've lived in this apartment for like seven years at this point, <sighs> I'm just waiting for the other shoe to drop. All the time. I was gonna say you gonna die there. Or I you, hope, you think I get hope to die here, even if it's tomorrow. So, <laughs> oh no, we've got a whole season. So left. Dad's just like, <laughs> you can replace me at that point. Uh, so Jerry's just like, I came up here because I thought I heard piano music, and Dad is of course like, All right, come on, man, like it's late, you moved, you're obviously doing one of your your pranks. I just go back to bed. And, like, Jerry is fixated on the piano, and the dad notices, and he's just like, you want to, you think maybe you want to learn how to, like, tinkle the old ivories? And, and 
Jerry's like, yeah, I mean, it's three o'clock in the morning. I thought there was a ghost. Here. Yeah, ask. Yeah, sure. It would be great to learn how to, you know, play the piano. And and then he's. I think that's the one thing about Jerry is like he gets these big dreams about stuff immediately, like his video game room or whatever. Like he's he gets into fantasy zone immediately. He's just like, oh man, I'm gonna be like a piano rock star in 1993 because that's a thing. Kids love the piano. Like, he's dreaming about being like, oh, man, I'm going to be great at the piano. This is going to be amazing. And then he's he's about to fall asleep. And then he hears the piano music up in the attic again. Oh, no. It's not really... It's it's less of a cliffhanger, because it's just more of like, mm, shit's still spooky. Still spooky. Bum, End of bum, chapter. Bum. Well... End of chapter three. Well, Monday morning, wakes up very early. He's got one of those cat clocks with the moving tail and eyes, which is kind of neat. We've all wanted one of those. At least I still kind of do. I might get one tomorrow, actually. I got an Amazon gift card burning a hole through my nightstand. Um, But he's uh, he's on his way downstairs that morning, goes past the attic door, and it's open. And he's like, I swear to God damn, I remember shutting that last night. I'm pretty sure I shut that. I don't know why it'd be open unless maybe one of my parents were moving something in or out of the attic. But it's weird. You know, thought I thought shut that. And he thinks uh, uh, reasons why he, why he could have heard that piano the night before. He's like, what was that all about? It's maybe the cat or something? It's got to be. Or maybe it's, I don't know, pianos are made with strings, as Dylan alluded to earlier. I bet it was the wind, the attic wind, rustling through the wood, the porous wood of that nice piano and ruffling the strings, causing them to vibrate ever just so slightly to cause a sad melody to reverberate through our home. That's got to be what it is. I'm such a smart kid. Then he he gets distracted because he's like, ah, it's prank time. I've been thinking too much about ghost stuff. I need a, need a break. got to refuel. Look at these moving boxes. I bet I could fit in one of those. I'm going to hop in one. And then next person to come through this kitchen, I'm going to scare the fucking bejesus out of him. That's a great idea. And I'm like, Jerry, that is a great idea. I'm willing to take that side journey with you for half of this chapter <laughs> of a scary book. <laughs> so, you love the slice so, of life stuff in the Goosebumps books, which I do. <laughs> I do. So Jerry, he uh, he does. He hunkers down in this box. He's in the kitchen. He's pulled the flap shut over his head, and he's waiting. He hears footsteps all around him. He's trying his best not to bust out laughing and spoil his own gag. He's like, who's that mom or is that dad? Who's that? Who's it? Who's in there? Who's mom or is it dad? And then he... Uh, he jumps out of the box. And he goes, surprise! And uh, it was dad. And dad lets out the shortled streak, streak and uh, drops his kettle and lands on the floor. And he's all mad about it. Dad's all pissed. And uh, boy, it was a good prank. Yeah, it's a good prank when your dad gets so upset. He wants to beat you to death with a tire iron. That's a good, that's good. Jerry was laughing hard. Like He described it. He's like, I was laughing like a maniac. He's like, well, Jerry, at that point, maybe feel a little bad for your dad. You did cause him to drop his tea kettle, but whatever. He said he thought he was going to drop his teeth, too. He says that a lot when, when somebody is, uh, I guess, upset or, or something. He says, like his mom or his dad, he's like, I thought, I thought they were they going to drop their teeth. I've never heard that expression, Dylan. Is that a popular phrase up in the, the Hampshires? I mean, I, I don't really hang out with a lot of children from the 90s. Uh, no. You don't? Okay. No, not, not, not anymore. I do. They're all my age. Before. But mom comes in there. She's like, what's going on in here? dad's like it's just jerry and his stupid jokes which i think is a funny thing coming from a dad it's just it's just jerry and his fucking dumb jokes god i hate this kid so anyway jokes are over now back to being afraid of a piano 
We fast forward to that night. Okay. Here's that damn piano again. But he's like, I'm, I'm a little too tired to investigate, which kind of makes sense because at this point he's just hearing sweet, sad music in the middle of the night. It's not hurt him. Yeah. It's not done anything. If anything, maybe it's whimsical enough to drift him off to sleep. Maybe it's wind chimes the next door. You know, who I knows? Have, he really I knows. have a question. If you had a a non not necessarily, I mean, she gets a little threatening at certain points, but like a non harmful spirit in your house, like connected to an object potentially, like a piano or your desk or. Mm. I mean, you and I both buy a lot of old shit, so, like, you know, you get a Vectrex or whatever, and she's got, like, fucking, like, a ghost oh, attached to her. Dude, I'm gonna get one. Dude, a ghost Vectrex? I'm so hard, right? right? So, but, like, I would, I would love that. It would be, like, the coolest lava lamp on the planet if you just had, like, occasionally oh. you'd see a dead child playing your Vectrex and just be, like, she's, like... Don't touch my Vectrex, it's dangerous. Like, there's a short in the wires. It's like, okay, a little ghost. I'd be like, all right, you get it tonight. Yeah. But but uh, I'm going to fix that short in the wires. You're not going to disappear, though, because, like, would that put your soul at rest? Because I don't want your soul to be at rest, because this is too fucking cool. I want you to be, I'm, you'd just be constantly like, I'm going to play with a Vectrex. <laughs> no, don't mess this cursed Vectrex. And you're like, okay, I want this time, but I'm going to come back for it. Don't you go anywhere. you got to stop me. And just be like, invite people over. Like, Watch this. I'm going to try and play with the Vectrix. <gasps> I do love the idea of somebody trolling a ghost <laughs> the same way that ghosts have always trolled us. You There's know a I mean? moment in Poltergeist that's so amazing where, like, they're, they're so jaded about the ghost thing that they're just like, yep, uh, around, like, 3 o'clock, uh, you're going to have, like, the, the ghost storm that's going to come through the kitchen and, like, all the cabinets start opening. Yeah, that's on schedule. Like, like watching, mm-hmm. like, Craig T. Nelson and... I love it. I love... He's great. Th- those movies would not be the same without him. I think he d- I think he does a lot of work in those. But anyway. But yeah. But yeah. Uh, hear that piano. He's too tired to investigate, just falls off to sleep. Fuck it. Who cares? Piano ghost. It actually sounds awesome. We've decided... Uh, next morning he gets up, goes downstairs, and he's like, uh, hey mom, did you hear that piano music last night? And she's like, eat your cornflakes. He's like, hey, I have a, I can ask a question. And she's like, no, I didn't to hear anything. To be fair to his mom, Jerry already said earlier in like chapter two that like he doesn't think they'd be able to hear it because they're all the way downstairs and he's on the second floor and then there's the attic. So I don't know why he's asking mom if she can hear it, but whatever. That's a good point. And, uh, she, he's like, how come I have cornflakes anyway? And she's like, you know the rules. We, you can only have junk cereal on the weekends. And I was like, God damn it, that's fair. Damn. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I was a little dis. I was sad for Jerry. I was like, dude, they fucking, they got you by the balls, Jerry. Oh, me, me too. Yeah, <laughs> it's just like, oh, it's a, it's fair to take those things are loaded with sugar, bud. But uh, you keep getting them with your jokes. Yeah, you're, yeah. you're getting even. But dad comes around, he's like, yeah, uh, hey, the movers are going to be coming. They're going to move that piano downstairs in the living room. You know, you, you entertain the idea of wanting to play it. And uh, we'll just oh, bro, yank it on down to the middle of the house. That way you don't have to keep creeping upstairs in the middle of the night and diddling with it like you've been. <laughs> we know what you've been up to, Jerry. And mom's like, uh, Jerry, you're serious about the lessons, Chair Bear? And he's like, yeah, I mean, why not? Let's, sure, whatever you guys think, I'll do it. Yeah, why not? And so the movers come, they get that piano downstairs, and they're just about to lower it to the living room floor when all of a sudden mom screams bloody murder. Dum, dum, dum. Turns out the movers were about to take care of that bonkers problem and about to drop a grand <laughs> piano on a cat. 
<laughs> now, I don't oh know God. how you feel about fictional crimes against cats, but, like, National Lampoon's Christmas Vacation, I don't care what anyone says, that cat deserved to die under that Christmas tree. Oh, the mm. Christmas tree? <laughs> yeah. Oh, that's such oh, a good part. God. You know, it's funny. I was moving, a, me and some buddies were moving one of my recliners in my house, and uh, we sat it down on top of Ralph, and a very similar thing happened. He he was like, Meow. he was like, don't. And in all his cat way, he was just yelling, don't do this. <laughs> and we reflexively all lifted the couch up so high, we almost shoved it through the <laughs> ceiling because we were afraid we'd kill the cat. So lo- low ceiling, we were like, oh, fuck. And we lifted it up, and then we had to like replace a light fixture. It was a whole mess, but uh, we saved That's the cat. That's good. I, I was worried that story was going to go sideways, even though I know that Ralph is still alive with us to this day. <laughs> still alive. There's a Ralph, too, that lives oh. with me now. But yeah. No, no, no. It's, oh. it's still the same guy. Uh Another terrifying cat story. Uh, we had kittens, uh, and they like to sit. We had a, a stand-up washer-dryer set. And the kittens like to sit in the recess of the washer door and watch the, the clothes go around in a circle. And they thought it was Aww. adorable. So one day, my mom's doing laundry. Oh, wait. She's throwing stuff into the laundry thing. We have three kittens. Uh, two of them are blood oh, relatives. No. One of them is a foster kitten that her mom died, and so she was given to his mother cat. But the three of them were like tight as thieves until one dark day. So, my mom's doing laundry and then she starts to load up and then a couple minutes go by and my mom's like, where's Henry? I'm looking for Henry. And then we hear like, It's like, is that a cat? Was he a race car? Is it a a race car? Is it a cat on a spin cycle? And so we, we open up the washer and this cat falls out of it. Henry's a little upset about the situation. He's fine. He yeah. lived, he only died like last year and this is like 12 years ago. So he had a nice long Holy life. Holy shit. Uh, but yeah, uh, had a lot of healthy fears about the washer. And my mom that. hates that story and the way that my dad and I have spent years perfecting the sound of a cat going around. <laughs> Uh, <laughs> I'm so glad it ended up okay because I could see that just if no oh one heard, that would have been also an awful like, What thing if it had been whites and it was just like hot bleach water? Like it was just like some darks oh. and some cold water and it was fine, but like. Oh, oof. you're right. Oh, oh yeah. Man. Uh, and for. He also had kind of a weird meow, and for years we said, like, oh, you rusted his squeaker. That's why he sounds like that. Because <laughs> whenever he cried, like, whenever he would, like, meow, it would be like, meow. It's just like, are you fucking okay? Like, what happened to you? Oh, we know what Damn. happened to you. Rusted his fucking squeaker. <laughs> man, that's. That's good. Good uh, work. Good work by so your family. So, Boggers is okay also, even though Jerry's just like, ah. Almost got what he deserved. It's like, I don't know if, like, a death by squishing is the same as him scratching you guys occasionally. Uh, but, yeah. uh, <laughs> his mom's just like, by the way, music teacher is coming on Saturday. It's going to be fantastic. His name's Dr. Shriek. And I don't know about you, but when I saw his name, I was like, okay, so it's not ghosts necessarily, because it's got to be this motherfucker, because his name is Dr. Shriek. Yeah. So, Dr. Shriek shows up and he looks like a Santa Claus except he doesn't have the beard he just has the mustache and he's like he just he loves Jerry well let me correct that he loves Jerry's hands he's a little fixated on Jerry's hands and at this point it's still a bit much where he's just like let me place your hands on the keyboard Jerry and let me see how they work he's 
and he's just very excited. He doesn't even really stick around for long. He basically stays long enough to be like, I love your hands. Here's your playbook. Goodbye! And then he leaves, and that's that's how that goes. And all his all he wants is to like he's just like, just practice out of your book. I just making sure that you'd be a good student and have lovely hands. And just uh, excellent did a hungry expression on his face. And this is like, oh my god, this is why you need to vet people, because he's clearly like a kitty diddler, right? Like this is not like yeah, oh yeah. Like bum 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 child predator in the house. Yeah, that guy'll rust the squeaker, hundred percent. Mm-hmm. Uh yeah, so we get that guy out of the house after he's already creepily came onto Jerry Bear's hands. But uh, Jerry gets to practicing. You know, he's going over his notes. He's practicing his piano lessons. C, D, E, F, G, A, B, C are alphabetical letters associated with music. And um, he does all that, <laughs> feeling pretty good about it. <laughs> and then uh, that night, once again, I don't know even know how far into the story we are. This is like we're like eight weeks in. There's so many nights and days. But that night, he hears piano music again. Surprise, surprise. I'm assuming he does it every night. But anyway, he hears it again. And he's like, Well, someone's playing that piano music. Mom and dad have to hear this. They have to hear it. Yeah. yeah. Because it's downstairs now. Remember? Now it's downstairs. It's in the family room. It's that same slow melody. So he creeps out. Creeps out of his uh, bedroom, goes down the stairs, looking around, trying to be sly, trying to be quiet. Stairs are creaking. He's trying to be quiet, tiptoeing, holding his breath, doing the whole thing. Nearly tripped over an unpackaged box on the stairs, killed himself right in the middle Mm -hmm. of the floor, which would have been kind of a fun way to end the book early, but didn't. Goes around it, keeps going down the stairs. Who is it? Looking through the doorway, what's what's going on? Who's playing the piano? But before he could see, someone utters a horrifying <gasps> shriek behind Jerry, shoves him hard, pushes him down on the floor in the middle of the night in his own house. Dum dum dum. It was bonkers. At this point, at this, <laughs> at this point, I'm like, maybe bonkers is kind of an because he's just like he shredded my PJs like. Fucked up yeah. my PJ. Like, I've been scratched by cats before, as I'm sure you have, as someone who has owned cats. Sure. I, I have even, I have even been scratched by an ocelot. I've never had. Wow. Long story. I've never had. It's like a humble brag. Yeah, it really was. Uh, they're so soft. <laughs> never had them, like, tear my clothes. Like, that's aggressive for a cat. Yeah. Uh, so mom, mom's, like, concerned. Dad comes down. Everyone's just like, What's going on? Why is there so much screaming and hollering? And I think at this point, the dad's just like, oh, that fucking cat. Can we, like, just garbage disposal it? Like, just seriously. Because, like, look at his clothes. Like, he looks like this is should not be happening. Like, his, it looks like someone mauled him. Just, this is awful. And the mom <laughs> is like, Bonkers is fine. He's just a little cranky in the evenings. Anyway, why are you downstairs, Jerry? I don't want to talk about killing my cat anymore. And Jerry is just like, I heard the piano. And his parents are like, oh my god. Just what the fuck, man. Like, you need to stop. You need to calm down. Just like... And his parents are like, are you going to prank the piano? Like, it's very expensive. Like, we could sell it. It's going to flat screen TV. Instead, we decided to keep it so we right. can do lessons. 
And like, are you going to prank the piano? Like, do you need to fucking calm down? And like, Jerry's like wigging out though. He's like, it's haunted. It's fucking haunted, you guys. Just, I don't, I, I don't yeah. know why I'm talking like a newsie all of a sudden, but guys, come on. And so <laughs> at this point, this is why I like his parents though. Cause at this point, their the parents are like, he's clearly like distressed about this. And the dad's just like, you know what? This is probably just your, you're sublimating your fears about moving, going to a new school, and it's and it's expressing itself as like this kind of haunted specter. But the specter is just your inner fears. It's not an external reality, but rather the way that your brain is processing your emotional disturbances. And at this point, Jerry's like, my dad took like a semester of psych, and he's just fucking full of it. It's <laughs> I love this family, because Jerry's just like, my dad's so full of horse shit, like, oh. he squeaks. Uh, but whatever. Yeah. What are you gonna do? You gotta love him. <laughs> and so, next day, Jerry's hanging out with his, his uh, apparently his across-the-street neighbor. I don't know how he never noticed that she lives across the street from him, because this it's been like six months based on how many days and nights have been up and down. <laughs> based on the night. Uh, so he meets uh, Kim Lee Chin, who's she's like uh, she's gross. She's a disgusting person. She's just like, look at this fucking rotten apple on the bottom. I never had rotten food in my locker as a kid. I don't know about you, but I never like stored f- gross food in my locker. No. But she's just like here. Wasn't a food yeah, place. That, no, that's like ugh. ugh. But I would she, actually be curious, like, what my locker even looked like. I have no memory of what was going on. There's probably just papers that were falling out of notebooks. Oh, yeah, that was with, definitely there. I was definitely the kid that would occasionally open the locker and, like, a textbook would fall out with a bunch of papers. And, like, oh, yeah, fuck. yeah. And just immediately, like, no one saw that except for everybody. Lock. Um, <laughs> but she plays the violin. He plays the piano. He's like, this is a real meat cute situation. And, but she's a, she's a little more advanced than him, but he, he's okay. He's not going to be a braggart about it. He's like, oh yeah, I, you know, I'm learning the piano. I'm learning from Dr. Shriek. And she's just like, Phew! and just books it out of there. She's like, huh, huh. And like she does like a fucking Abbott and Costello act. Yeah. But like just, whoa, whoa, whoa. And just like, right, that's Curly from the Three Stooges. That's right. a completely different thing. Whatever. <laughs> she just books it. She gets out of there. The moment he starts talking about Dr. Shriek, she gets a look on her face like, I fucking shouldn't have eaten that rotten apple. My stomach's all, woo, I'm going to go. I'll see you later. Bye. And runs away. Bum, bum, bum. Yeah, man. She yabba-dabba, yabba-dabba dude that ass out of there. Um, which was awkward mm-hmm. for everybody. So, cut to this. We're cut right in. This is actually the first words of chapter eight. Excellent hands. Excellent, Dr. Shriek declared. Jerry's like, uh, thanks. He's like, now play the piece again. Play it carefully, my boy. Slowly and carefully. Concentrate on your fingers. Each finger is alive, remember? Alive! Which is weird. It's a weird thing for anyone to say to anyone, especially a boy, right? Now, at this point, uh, Jerry says, uh, now I'm here alone in my house with Dr. Shriek learning some piano. Mom and Dad gone out grocery shopping. They left me alone with not only... What I imagine is just a pervert trying to teach me how to play piano, but also a cat that's trying to kill me. Two things in this house that I don't mm-hmm. feel safe near. Dr. Shriek just keeps repeating weird things like, The fingers, the fingers, remember, the fingers are alive. He's like, what's up with this fucking guy in fingers? It's not, that's not right. But then Jerry starts picking up and playing. It's pretty good, Jerry. Now let us try to go a little bit faster. Faster, Jerry. Now faster, not bad, Jerry. I don't like faster. this phrasing. Faster like this time. This. They keep, he keeps telling him to play faster and faster. And uh, 
Jerry does. He can't help himself. He's just playing fast. He's Jerry Lee Lewis in it up. It reminds me of a certain story from uh, a famous uh, co-host of this podcast. Folks are dancing uncontrollably. But Jerry doesn't, uh, he's starting to, to refuse a bit. He's like, I can't, I can't do it. This, I can't. It's too fast. And he tries to stop. He even yells stop himself. He's like, stop, damn you, my fingers. Cut it out. Stop. Everybody stop. But he can't stop. Faster, Jerry, faster. Jerry's hands just gleefully obeyed, going faster and faster and faster and faster. Dum, dum, dum. And he's still playing this piano, his fingers going faster and faster until they're throbbing and aching and tingling, and he wakes up. Aww. Wait, was he... What was he doing with he his fingers then? He was He fell asleep on his hands. Oh. Have you ever, like, fallen asleep in the wrong way so that, like, I've woken up sometimes and I can't feel anything below my elbow? It's like rubber. It's disturbing. Like, I literally have to, like... Uh, move my no. whole arm because I slept on it, I guess, in one position for hours. Awesome. Oh, it's so wild. unnerving. I don't think, I mean, that's probably happened, but it's not a regular occurrence where you're saying your gangly ass is always waking up like a granddaddy long legs on the porch, or you're like, how'd that thing tie itself in a knot? Like, you're just doing Basically, that? Basically, yeah. I, I can put my feet behind my head. I don't know if you know that. I'm wicked flexible. Okay. Well, we can date. Can we? All right. Yeah. Uh, Man, that sounded pretty sweet. To. But also, have you, ever, have you ever had sleep paralysis? Have you ever woken up and, and like consciously could not move parts of uh, your body? I used to have something that was like... That happened to me once. I used to wake up on the tail end of sleep paralysis where like it felt fucking weird to move my hands. Like It just felt weird. I could move, but mm. it just felt like everything kind of felt like oogie. Mm, um, but no, I've never actually had woken up and had a demon sitting on my chest and staring into my soul. Have you? No, I, no, just one time. I, I remember I was in high school. I still lived at home and I woke up at some point in the middle of the night and, uh, was trying to convince myself to like move my legs. I was like, move, move my, try, I can't. And I tried to sit up. I had my eyes open. I was looking around the room like, okay, I'm not dreaming. And I was like, all right, let me stand up right leg on floor. Nothing was moving. And eventually I was just like, all right, fuck it. I guess I'm paralyzed. And I just fell back asleep. <laughs> I will. I, like the whole purpose behind that is so that you don't get up and walk around while you're dreaming and be a sleepwalker. I used to be uh, a pretty heavy sleepwalker when I was a child. For me, that's why I never had sleep paralysis because it wasn't fucking functioning for me. Um, me, that's it. You're either mm. a sleepwalker or a sleep paralysis person or you're normal in between that. And I was a sleepwalker as a child. But, uh, oh, no, wow. the, the okay. scariest thing that's ever happened, I told you, and you're like, you were worried I had a psychotic break, but no, I was, I was, I was trying to tell you it was a dream, but you're like, Dylan, I think that's a psychotic break. I'm like, it's not a psychotic break. I once, I was, <laughs> I was in college, I was living at home at the time, cause like, I lived 20 minutes from college, I'm not gonna live on campus and pay an extra thousand dollars a semester, that's crazy talk. So, wherever it is now, 20 billion dollars a semester. The, uh, I got, uh, I woke up, and I was still like half asleep, but I was mostly awake, and I could swear to Christ, I heard a voice in the corner of my room saying, I'm going to kill you. Yeah, that's fucked up, dude. And I woke right the fuck up at that point, and there was no one there, so it was okay. So, all of it's a, all of it's a nightmare, except he, he hears the goddamn piano music, and Jerry, I like Jerry. Jerry's like, you know what? 
we're gonna we're gonna figure this out. We're gonna go downstairs and we're gonna take a look see at this old piano and see what's making this ruckus. So he goes yeah. down. He's gonna solve it tonight. Although we've heard kids in these books say that before. We're gonna figure out this mystery tonight, and then it turns out that Petey the dog gets murdered instead. Yeah, which is uh, not. It's Petey very much from. just like you know w- white people in a scary movie syndrome, where it's like I want to go to the source of the scary thing. And I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna read to you a little bit of Jerry's investigatory findings, <clears throat> please. <clears throat> Nothing is gonna stop me tonight. I told myself. Nothing. And this is Jerry talking. That's all from the Mm. first person, just in case you're confused. Tonight, I'm going to see who is playing that piano. The music continued. Soft high notes. So light and sad. I tiptoed carefully through the dining room, holding my breath, listening to the music. I stepped up to the doorway to the family room. The music continued. A little louder. The same melody. Over and over. Peering into the darkness, I stepped into the room. One step. Another. The piano was only a few feet in front of me. The music was so clear, so close. But I couldn't see anyone on the piano bench. I couldn't see anyone in there at all. Who's playing? Who's playing this sad, sad music in the darkness? Trembling all over, I took another step closer. Another step. Who? Who's there? I called out in a choked whisper. I stopped. My hands nodded tensely into tight fists at my side. I stared into the blackness, straining to see. The music continued. I could hear fingers on the keys, hear the slide of feet on the pedals. Who's there? Who's playing? My voice was tiny and shrill. There's no one here, I realized to my horror. The piano is playing, but there's no one here. Then, slowly, very slowly, like a gray cloud forming in the night sky, the ghost began to appear. Mm. Oh, sorry. Uh, bum bum bum. Oh, that was my cue to speak. I was like, "Oh, don't black, don't blue ball me now." Oh, I need to come in now. I love that description of the ghost mm-hmm. uh, fading into view. RL does a good job. Does mm-hmm. a good job. Which so, reminds yeah. me, actually, yeah. if you guys are fans of uh, Masterclass, have you ever heard of Masterclass? No, Masterclass. I don't think so. Uh, so Masterclass is like they they hire a bunch of uh, famous people in their fields, and you can learn something from them that put together like a video series and some text and stuff. I got Penn and Teller's master class for Christmas one year. It's amazing. I can actually hear Teller talk about magic, but they all teach you magic. We're not sponsored by master class. I realize I do sound like a podcast advertisement yeah. for master class. It's pretty cool. Uh, but RL Stein now has a writing for young people master class. So you can oh, actually that's cool. sit down and, and watch his little video series on how to write for, and I think it's like 50 bucks. Like it's not, Terrible? I Means a hundred bucks. I don't know how much it costs. Go to Masterclass. Carl Stein. Hook me up later, all right? Yeah, ad- you can use our promo code uh, Rusty Squeaker. Get- <laughs> Rusty. <laughs> <laughs> Welcome to our podcast, Rusty Squeakers. Uh, we're Dylan has. We just have to change the name of the podcast every episode because Dylan has no idea what the fuck's going on. So we're on Rusty Squeakers talking about goose and bumps. Heck yeah, dude. Well. Where we left off there with Dylan, uh, there was a uh, ghost coming into view, very r- written by a master class author, R.L. Stein. Now, chapter 10 begins, it's not just a ghost, you know, it's, uh, it's rather shapely. He can tell that it's in fact a woman. It's a woman ghost. She has her head down. She's very focused on the keys. 
Now, Jerry does a good job of kind of staying calm here in this moment. I would have certainly shat and absconded. But uh, Jerry, he hangs in the pocket, describes her as having long, wavy hair down to her shoulders, her face and skin and hair all gray, all gray. He asks, he gets up to the gumption to even talk, speaks. He says, who, who are you? And she turns, she stares hard at Jerry, which once again is shatworthy. I'd have been gone, but he again <laughs> hangs in there. She has no emotion. And then finally she speaks. After some time, she says through a whisper, this is my house, my house, my piano. Which at that point, I'd be like, okay, great. You have to talk to my dad about some of that because he signed the lease, but I am perfectly fine with you having all of it if this is what you want. And I'm going to read you an excerpt here because it gets exciting. Mm -hmm. He says, but who are you? I repeated, are you a ghost? Like, no shit, Jerry. Come on. The fuck? But anyway, as I uttered my frightened question, she let out a loud sigh. Like, she too was like, are you fucking kidding me? <laughs> 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 and as I stared into the grayness, I saw her face begin to change. The eyes closed, and her cheeks began to droop. Her gray skin appeared to fall, to melt away. It drooped like cookie batter, like soft clay. It fell onto her shoulders, then tumbled to the floor. Her hair followed, falling off in thick clumps. A silent cry escaped my lips as her skull was revealed. Her gray skull. Castle gray skull. He-Man. Anyway. Jesus Christ. Nothing rem Sorry. No nothing remained of her face, except for her eyes, her gray eyes, which bulged in the open socket, staring at me through the darkness. Stay away from my piano, she rasped. I'm warning you, stay away. I backed up and turned away from the hideous, rasping skull. I tried to scramble away, but my legs didn't cooperate. I fell. Hit the floor on my knees. I struggled to pull myself up, but I was shaking too hard. Stay away from my piano. The gray skull glared at me with its bulging eyes. Mom, Dad, I tried to scream, but it came out a muffled whisper. I scrambled to my feet, my heart pounding, my throat closed tight with fear. This is my house, my piano. Stay away. Uh, so Mom and Dad do eventually show up. He calls for him. He's like, Mom, Dad, seriously, though, for real. And they show up. Dad shows up first, grabs old Jerry by the shoulders. And Jerry's like, oh, thank God, finally, I can show someone some evidence. And points and says, Dad, look over there. It's a fucking ghost. Dum, dum, dum. Jerry, what the fuck is wrong with you? There's no ghost there. And there's no ghost there, because that's what always happens. Like, It's always what happens. I will say... It makes sense when we find out later why this ghost is fucking with him. So we're going to just leave that. We're just going to burp, burp, burp. It's never that the kid is crazy, by the way. Have you noticed that? Like, if the kid oh, was yeah. actually cra Could you imagine how fucking dark the book would get if Ooh, there wasn't yeah. anything supernatural going on? It's kind yeah. of like uh, the, the Garfield strips where they make it so you can't actually see what Garfield's saying. Because that John can't see what Garfield's saying. So it just turns into like this... Dude, are you oh, it's sad. Yeah. Yeah. Like, if you took every, like, Goosebumps book, and it's like, there's no, they're just all mental illness. It's just, it's just 67 books. How many are there again? How many are we doing? I don't know. Uh, uh, 60, uh, 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 2010. 62? 
Yeah, sure. Uh, just all mental illnesses. I mean, with the fucking dummy book, yes, they're both sociopaths. So that's clearly actually what's going on there. I don't, I don't even buy that there was a living dummy in that whole book. It's just both of them. They're both just serial killers. In the <laughs> anyway, I, I realized, uh, I don't know. I got past the cliffhanger. It's a fucking empty bench. And so the parents are just like, listen. We know you're sublimating your fears. And he's like, oh my God. And they're just like, is it the new school? Is it all the people there? Like, is it, is it like the, the piano lessons? Is this all stressing you out? And he's like, no, it's the ghost. And he's like, no, we'll take you to psychiatrist. He'll, he'll figure out what's really bothering you in your psychconscious. I don't know what psychconscious is, but it's a <laughs> thing now. Your psychconscious is where all the wiggly shit happens. I do appreciate how progressive they are as parents, but it's frustrating. I mean, but it's also like, this is what they should be doing. Like, if their yeah. kid is just, like, continually acting up about, like, the ghost that's haunting their piano, I feel like a trip to the therapist isn't unnecessary. No, yeah, for sure. But it, it's, uh, it's actually, like, these are decent parents, I feel like, in a, no, in a series yeah. filled with really shitty parents. Like, oh, my God. The fucking Sari's uncle or uh, dad, worst parent by far, 100%. Yeah. Like, I want to know what happened to the mom. I feel like he, he like, just... You think he got her? I, I think, think he, he killed her mom. I think he killed Sari's mom. Shoved her down a mummy hole? Mm-hmm. You know he did. You know he did. Mm-hmm. I mean, I basically covered the chapter. I guess that's what's distracting me. I have to spend 30 minutes longer than is necessary for each chapter. But he's, they're basically like, we're going to take you to Dr. Fry. He's going to fix what's going on in your brain. And they're just like, do you need... Do you need us to walk you back to your bed? Because if you understand, then you might like wet yourself in terror because you're near this piano. I feel like his parents are fucking with him a little bit too because they're like, fuck this kid. Like, do you need us to, to, to walk you back to your bed? It's like, I can go upstairs. I'm not a baby. But now he's also terrified that the ghost is going to be waiting for him in his bed. So, like, it's kind of a one half of the other, or, you know, six in the hand in the bush too. And, uh, bum, bum, bum. That's how it ends. So, yeah. It's, it's, there's not a lot of like strong cliffhangers, at least in the first chunk of this book i feel like there's not it's it's a strange build but uh he he has a he has a, a, a restless sleep uh he, he's having flashbacks to his nightmare with dr Sheik shriek rather he thinks he sees things that aren't in the room it's just clumps of his own blankets laying around he's having he's having a rough go he even quips to himself he's like maybe i am cracking up which is not to say he thinks something is very funny. It means he thinks that he's having a bit of psychosis. Um, but eventually he does manage to get off to sleep. And then, then we cut to the next day. And Dr. Shriek arrives promptly at two in the afternoon, as he does. And he's there to check on Jerry's homework progress, where he left him off last time. And of course, he jumps right into the business. He says, ah. Excellent hands. Those hands. Ugh. Which is not the voice I used earlier, but uh, it's getting aggressively more pedophilic. Mm. And Jerry says, yeah, thanks, I guess. Um, hey, this practicing some of these classic scales and stuff, fine. I get I probably got to do it. But I was hoping to learn some rock riffs. You know, I want to I learn some good. I want to learn some of that piano they be playing in the Guns and Roses. You know what I mean? I want to do some of that Axl Rose piano-ness, if I could. And Dr. Shriek's like, yeah, well, in, in due time. It's not Dr. Shriek. Is it? it is Dr. Shriek. It is Dr. Shriek. In, yeah, he's, he's got a PhD in something. Uh, he's like, in due time. In due time. We don't just jump right into rock riffs, which is fair. 
And, uh, but you can tell Jerry's like not really interested in learning what he's got to learn to play piano here. And, uh, he goes through the lesson. His parents ask, like, uh, well, what do you think? You know, and he's like, oh, he's got some real talent. He's got excellent hands. You know, I tell you, he can, uh, I tell you, he could probably start taking some lessons at my school down here. I got, a, I got a school across town. He could just, uh, he come, he come there and take lessons. I do them on Fridays. And he keeps saying, uh, cause he has, guys, Jerry, he has excellent hands. Jerry's like, I wish you'd stop saying it. It's giving me chills. He just keeps bringing it up. I don't, don't feel comfortable with it. But mom and dad are kind of excited. They're like, oh, this guy sees so much promise in little Jer Bear. Oh, so good. I tell you what, Jerry, listen, I, I get off early on Fridays. I'll drop, I'll take you by Dr. Shriek's school. I'll be dropping you off there. You'll have an hour of lessons there every Friday. Does that sound good to you, Jerry? And he's like, God, I fucking guess, but you know, maybe when I get there, I'll have a different teacher. Who knows? Maybe it won't be that bad. Fast forward a little bit. Dr. Shriek's gone. Jerry's watching it snow out because remember, these are cold months. Months so cold that it'll make your attic hot. And uh, he hears, once again, loud banging on the piano. Bang, bong, bang, bang. Loud banging on the piano, remind you. Not soft, sad melodies like we've been accustomed to. These are these are bang, bang, bong, bang. And Mom yells for him to stop. She's like, Jerry, cut it out. But Jerry's not doing anything to the piano, Dylan. Dim, dim, dim. It's interesting thinking about this. After the fa- like, after we know what's going on here, the ghost gets super fucking angry once Doctor Shriek is like, "Yes, come to my school." Yeah, and then like, she's like, "Fucking bang, 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 bang." But so he's uh he's talking to Doctor Fry. We cut like we we skip all the usual like Jerry, stop it! It's not me, it's the ghost, Jerry. For fuck's sake! And we cut to the psychiatrist, Doctor Fry, <laughs> and Jerry's like. This is what's happened. I moved, blah, blah, blah. Also, there's a ghost. And Dr. Fry is just like, you know what you're doing is you're actually sublimating your fears about reality. Say, like, the stress of moving, meeting new people. And you're expressing that fear through other outlets, such as imagining a ghost or spirit. And, like, creating this kind of more acceptable external... And it's just like, oh, my fucking God. Did you go to the same psych class that my dad did? What is this? This is not... I saw a ghost. It's not a metaphor. It's not a sublimation. It's a fucking dead lady playing the piano. That's what Jerry should say. But he doesn't, because he realizes that the quickest way to get out of a psychiatrist's office is just to agree with the psychiatrist, which as I do every single week. Works like a charm. So... But he's also, what's nice is Dr. Fry's like, you're not crazy. Like, this is normal. This is like, people have stresses and fears and it comes out in different ways. And like, uh, we'll, we'll figure out what's behind this crazy old ghost in your noggin of yours. And I don't know why he's talking like he's from North Dakota all of a sudden, but whatever. So, <laughs> like, which is great because he's, it's, while Dr. Fry doesn't believe he's seen a ghost, which to be fair, why would he? Because, yeah, he's, I think even at this point, he's just like, would you believe your kid if your kid came up to you? He's like, yeah, if he was telling the truth. And it's just like, okay, we, we have a disconnect here, which is like, you guys aren't seeing each other's pages here. But like, at least he's like, not- how funny would it have been if Dr. Fry was like, oh, shit, for ghosts, you're serious. There's go- like, he so easily believes what his patients tell him. <laughs> <I know. laughs> that would have been hilarious. We just need to have like a, a, a just a whole we need thing. To get you where- out of that house. Like a psychiatrist just believes any. I keep hearing voices in my head, doctor. It's like, oh shit, what kind? Like, what, really? oh really? What like what kind? <laughs> oh my god, like Jesus? You hear Jesus? <laughs> Holy uh, shit! Oh yeah, can you say hi to my grandma for me? Like, you, no, I mean, like, I know you can't talk to my grandma, but pass it along to Jesus, and Jesus can tell my grandma. What do you mean? 
bitches in hell. That would have been the best. Ten minutes with the kid, and he's like, tells the parents, he's like, uh, sounds like you guys have a ghost problem. It sounds yeah. like uh, your your son has proof of the afterlife. This is amazing. We need to go on to the Ed Sullivan show. <laughs> like, <laughs> Doctor Fry, are you? Oh no! But so as 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 Jerry's leaving the psychiatrist's office, he feels the ghost icy grip on the back of his neck. <gasps> bum bum bum. Oh my god, the ghost's icy grip way out here at the psychiatrist? What is it, following him? No, it's just his mother, because it's cold outside. She had cold hands, and for some reason she likes to grab her loving son on the back of the neck like he's a kitten by the scruff. <sighs> well, anyway, Jerry kind of realizes he's had ghosts on the on the mind, probably because he just told the psychiatrist about it for a full hour. And uh, he's like, man, i got to stop thinking about it. It's really messing me up, man. So he does try to do that. A couple days go by. It seems like he has a couple days or not a lot's going on. Thank God. He goes into Dr. Shriek's that Friday, gets some lessons on. Now, on the way there, we're not real sure where it is. We're trying to find this building, this school that's all the way across town. And Mom's not real sure where it is. And they've been they looking for it. And uh, they finally come to this old building. It seems like it's the right address. And it's he says it looks more like a prison than a school. It's got rows of little tiny windows above the ground floor. And they're all barred. There's thick ivy covering the front of the building, making it appear darker than it, than it really is. And it's just, yeah, it just gives Jerry a funny feeling. And crack the window down a little bit to look out because it's kind of foggy on the window because it's cold outside, you know, cold enough for an attic to heat up. And uh, they hear the sound of piano music floating through the air. And Mom's like, oh, huh, I guess we found it. It sounds like there's music coming out of that there old building, huh? And Jerry's like, I don't know about all this shit. This looks whack. But... He gets out, approaches the entrance. He's gazing up. He's got a real foreboding feeling. Just doesn't feel good about it. Just feeling nervous. But he does what he's got to do. He's Jerry. He's brave. You know, he's going to take a big, deep breath. <sighs> I'm going to go inside, and I'm going to show my excellent hands to this pervert one more time. Mm. Bam, bam, bam. Work them hands, boy. I'll make you squeal like a... Oh, sorry. Um, that's not <laughs> what happens, actually. Uh, it's... This is, this is basically, these two chapters, my worst fucking nightmare, which is, oh shit, I'm running late for this new thing that I need to be at. Oh great, it's also a labyrinth inside where you can't figure out what the fuck's going ah, on. Yeah. There's no signs, there's nothing that says like main office this way. He's literally just going around and around like these, these hallways, not able to figure out what's going on. And he hears like he's walking past room after room filled with like, like instructors playing music and he doesn't look into any of them. He just hears like, all these fucking pianos, so many pianos just playing constantly. I mean, at least he's excited. Like he, at least he knows that it's an active school and it's not a murder house. So right. he's still looking for Dr. Shriek. He even sees a, a video camera up top, which is very rare in the 1990s. Like video cameras had just, oh been yeah, 93. Yeah. Like they yeah. just been invented like a year before. So like he's just like, <laughs> what's this video camera doing? And can he see me? Is he just watching me being lost and confused down these hallways? But then he sees something coming up on him. And it's just like, what is this? I'm sure it's a piano school. How terrifying can it be? I'm about to tell you how terrifying this is going to be. Because it's fucking terrifying. Be ready for this shit. It's like Home Alone. It's the furnace in Home Alone. The furnace, yeah. As I turned another corner, I heard a strange thumping sound. At first I thought it was just another piano in one of the practice rooms. Thumping grew louder, closer. 
I stopped in the middle of the hall and listened. A high-pitched whine rose up over the thumping sounds. Louder. Louder. The floor seemed to shake, and as I stared down the dark hall, an enormous monster turned the corner. Its huge, square body glowed in the dim light as if it were made of metal. Its rectangular head bobbed near the ceiling. Its feet crashed against the hard floor as it moved to attack me. Eyes on the sides of its heads flashed in angry red. No! I cried, swallowing hard. It uttered its high-pitched whine in reply, then it lowered its gleaming head as if prepared for battle. I spun away, determined to escape. To my shock, as I turned, I saw Dr. Shriek. He stood just a few yards down the hall. Dr. Shriek was watching the enormous creature move in on me. A pleased grin on his face. Bum, bum, bum. Yeah. Dr. Shriek's like, Hey, Jerry. Uh, see you over there admiring our floor sweeper? <laughs> Jerry's like, uh, you're what? He's like, that's our floor sweeper, Jerry. It's rather special. Jerry's like, you mean that's, that thing right there is a machine of some sort? It's not like a demon trying to suck the life out of my soul? He's like, <laughs> you, you didn't think it was alive, did you, boy? With the excellent hands, you? And, uh, <laughs> Jerry's like, uh, well, I mean, it looked like it was trying to murder me. And, uh, Dr. Shree's like, oh, <laughs> that's okay. Mr. Toggle, our, uh, our crafty janitor built this one for us. It works like a dream, boy. It sweeps the floor. I tell you what. He can build anything, that Mr. Toggle. Genius. Genius. And uh, Jerry asks the very reasonable question of, well, why the fuck does it have a face? And why is his eyes glowing red? Like, was that part necessary? It sweeps floors. And uh, Dr. Shreve's like, that's ah, just, Mr. Toggle's got a sense of humor. He just, he also, he put those cameras into it. I tell you, that guy, he could do anything. You know, if it wasn't for him, we wouldn't get much done around here that Mr. Toggle's so good. So good. So we're hearing a lot about Mr. Toggle. And uh, then we finally get over to our room with Dr. Shriek, get some lessons on. And uh, he's like, uh, Jerry's like, you know, thinking, man, this guy fucking creeps me out. Kind of gets beats around the bush a little bit. And he's like, well, I'll be doing all my lessons with you. And Dr. Shriek's like, oh, yes, I'll be your basic instructor until your hands are ready. He's like, okay. All right. Muscle memory is okay. very important for, for learning an instrument. I'm assuming. Yeah. He's like, man, okay, when my hands are ready. All right. I hope they get ready pretty fucking soon, is what I'm hoping. And then the lesson concludes. Dr. Shriek is very pleased. Wonderful, wonderful. Very good piano fingering, boy. And then uh, it's time to leave. And uh, he's like, okay, I got to be honest with you, though. I had trouble getting in here. It's a bit of a maze. And I was chased by a very angry robot that you tell me only sweeps floors. But uh, how how am I getting out of here? And Shriek's like, no, you just take a couple of lifts and, uh, That'll do it. Basically, yeah, no just, directions just at keep, all. Keep going left. <laughs> Go left a few times until you decide you don't want to do that anymore. Then maybe take a right or two. And Jerry <laughs> sets out on his way and gets lost basically out the gate. And uh, he's starting to he's looking around. There's doors everywhere. He's starting to take in the school a little bit. We'll see what's going on with this place. Finally sees a pair of double doors marked as exit. Seems like a reasonable place to head if you're trying to escape a building. Uh, but as he steps through, scruff, raspy voice says, No, you don't. And he's grabbed. Uh-oh. Bum, bum, bum. Has there ever been a time when someone's been grabbed from behind in one of these books and it's not 
a monster or something like where it's it is the like monster yeah someone's yeah, aunt. yeah like yeah. it's it's i mean well spoilers this is the monster of the book <clears throat> but it's mr toggle yeah. it's just it's just Whoa. it's just genial mr toggle that old genius. Yeah, he's he's just so wicked smart. Everyone's just so happy to see him, and he's just like, "No, you're going you're going the wrong way. You need to come. Come on, buddy. That's not. Let me show you the correct way." And so, just gonna read to you a little bit. I'm glad they say that he has a gruff, raspy voice. Let's see if let's see how this plays out. So, like uh, Jerry introduces himself. So I'm Jerry. Doctor Shriek says you made these cool floor sweepers. He smiled. His black eyes lit up like dark coals. It's a beauty, isn't it? I have a few other creations like it. Some even better. Dr. Shriek says you're a mechanical genius, I gushed. Mr. Toggle chuckled to himself. Yes, I programmed him to say that, he joked. Hmm. We both laughed. Next time you come to the school, I'll show you some of my other inventions, Mr. Toggle offered, adjusting his overall straps over his slender shoulders. Thanks, I replied. The front door is right up ahead. I was never so glad to see a door. I'm sure I'll catch on to the layout of this place, I said. He didn't seem to hear me. Dr. Shriek tells me you have excellent hands, he said, a strange smile forming under his stubbly black beard. That's what we look for here, Jerry. That's what we look for. Feeling kind of awkward, I thanked him. I mean, what are you supposed to say when someone tells you what excellent hands you've got? I pushed open the heavy front door and saw Mom waiting in the car. Good, good night, I called, and eagerly ran out of the school into the snowy evening. So, everyone's a bit of a hand fetishist in this school, which is concerning, but it's also a piano school. Maybe you're looking for that. It's okay, maybe. I don't know. It's concerning. It's concerning. <laughs> it's concerning. Yeah, I'm writing a congressman either way, I'd say that. But mom and dad are, are just like, show us, show us, you know, we, we put some good money down on these lessons. Show us what you can do. To be fair, it's been three lessons, but they they seem real excited about his abilities at this point. Three mm. lessons over three weeks. Like, it's not, that's, that's enough time to, like, maybe memorize a couple chords, I feel like, considering how bad of a student I was when I was learning guitar. But so, <laughs> yeah. but much like what, what happens in Night of the Living Dummy, they set him in front of the piano, he's just like, all right, I'm gonna, I'm gonna do my thing. But, the moment he gets down there to start like playing the piano, it just it makes out just low notes and banging key sound. And his parents are just like, "What are you doing? It's like, stop making all this ruckus! Like, stop it!" And he's just like, "I'm not the one doing this. Look, no hands, ma." <laughs> bum bum bum. As a as a as a ending for a chapter that's pretty also tame. Yeah, pretty abrupt. Uh, but turns out they didn't believe him. They were like. No, you're being an asshole. We're real upset about it. We're paying good money for these fucking lessons. You don't want to show us what you got, Jer Bear. Why don't you go and get to your room? Think about what you've done. Maybe go hang out in there with like your ghosts and your horse shit. And he's like, all right, fine. Jesus Christ, this seemed kind of rough. And then mm-hmm. uh, Jerry's like, man, what uh, what the ghost want for me there? It got me in trouble and started banging around the piano all, all kinds of ways. Stupid fucking ghost. I got it coming from both directions. I got ghosts at the house and I got pedophile at the music school. It's a rough time. And uh, speaking of music school, fast forward to Friday, whole week goes by, and uh, he's greeted once again by Mr. Toggle this time. Mr. Toggle's already kind of already kind of pulled the mask off of Mr. Toggle, so he's just going to go ahead and greet him when he gets there. And uh, Jerry's a little curious about the invention, so uh, Mr. Toggle leads him into a big auditorium-sized room with 
all kinds of crazy shit, man. There's like tape machines, stacks of electric motors, bunches of tools, kinds of parts, video equipment, a pile of, a pile of bicycle wheels like it's the bottom of the sewer from it. Uh, several piano frames with like no insides, animal cages. Which is like, what are you shooting a Nine Inch Nails music video down here? What are you doing? Old car with its seats removed. Well, now that's your. That was removing DNA. That, we all know what that mm-hmm. was about. All kinds of crazy stuff. Big green lights, speakers, microphones, knobs. I mean, just whizzes of whizzes. Just uh, tons of electrical equipment. It looked like a, you know he's a bit of a a, a a gadget whiz is what I was probably mm. trying to say there. And then he leads him to something that I thought was actually kind of funny. Uh, he takes him over to this big thing, and uh, he's like, uh, "I want to show you some of my other musical instruments." And Jerry's like, "Okay, cool, man. That's cool." And he's like, "Do you know what this is, Jerry?" And he holds up this shiny brass instrument attached to like this massive tank. And Jerry's like, I don't know, is that a saxophone or something? He's like, well, yeah, actually, yeah, you got it. It's a very special saxophone, though. See, it's attached to this tank of compressed air. That means you don't even have to blow into it. You can concentrate on your fingering. You know? You ain't got to blow it. You just finger on it, some bitch. Boom, saxophone. You know, blowing's the hard part. You know? If you just finger it all day, no big deal, right? Jerry's like, okay, fine. And then he finds a... I don't know, I like blowing and fingering at the same time. That's kind of like... My specialty. I, that's how I was. That's how I was taught. And then uh, he has a helmet with eye controls to play keyboard. You can just like look at the notes and stuff. Like all kinds of like actually kind of cool stuff. Mm-hmm. Like good ideas. Um, but he's like, okay, well, I guess I'll go get my lessons. So he departs Toggle, and uh, a Toggle. He, now he he assumes. Uh, what, what have I got? What have I written here? No, Toggle tells him that he's, there's more for him to see. Come back oh. next time. You know, like I got more to show yeah, you. Yeah, yeah. <clears throat> All right, so yeah, he's he departs Toggle, and Toggle's like, "You can go ahead t- tell Doctor Shriek I was what made you late because you're out there looking at all this cool stuff." Yeah, tell him, tell him I was what held you back there, uh, and, I, and I'm the reason you're late for your lesson. So he goes, he has his uh, his lesson, and uh, or does he have the lesson, or he's on the way to the lesson? He's on the way to oh, the lesson. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, okay, okay. Gotcha. Okay. Uh, so he's, he's he's jogging across this enormous workroom trying to get to, to Doctor Shriek on time, and as he goes by, he he, he walks by this cabinet in this uh, kind of workshop. And he, he hears a voice coming from this dark cabinet over in the corner that says, Help me, please. Like, what the what the fuck was that, dum-dum-dum? I'm going to say, we don't ever actually get an answer to what the fuck is in that cabinet. Yeah, right? Because the if we... Is there a handless child in this cabinet that is dead? Like, obviously, it's not going to survive to the end of this book. This, this, whatever. Or they, I don't have to refer to children as it, I've been told. Uh, but like, <laughs> it's there. They are in this cabinet with no hands, most likely. No hands. But and Mr. Toggle's just, oh, don't, don't, don't worry about it. It's just some damaged equipment, which is even more fucked up if it's a handless child. He, just, oh, it's damaged equipment. Yeah, or it's a kid that had shitty hands. So he didn't know what to do with it. He just shoves it in the uh, cabinet. But this is the this is the first time Mr. Toggle like. Kind of lets his mask slip because Jerry's just like, are you, are you, I, I'm not sure that's what damaged equipment, like most damaged equipment is like, help me please. Like, I'm, I'm, I know I'm just a kid, <laughs> but like when our TV broke, uh, it wasn't like, please help me. Don't let me die in this closet. Uh, but Mr. Chalk is like, get the fuck out of here and go to your lesson. You don't want to be even more late, do you? And so Jerry's like, I'm just gonna, 
Go to my lesson. So the next day after his lesson, it's Saturday because he has his lessons on Friday. But he sees a uh, he sees uh, Kim. She's got her violin. She lives across the street, as previously implied. And she's uh he's he's shoveling the uh, snow off the walk, and he's like, hey. Uh, I don't want to show the walk anymore. I'm going to let Dad do the rest of it. You know, he'd feel a little left out if I didn't leave him a little work to do. But um, boo And uh, I did that wrong. I don't know what, <laughs> what symbol that was. But it, was, it wasn't the best joke, so it didn't deserve the symbol crashes. But um, boo uh, Kim <laughs> likes it enough to be like, yeah, I'll have some hot cocoa with you. That's fine. And that's not a euphemism, right? He's like, no, 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 it's hot cocoa. And he, he of course, burns his tongue uh, on the first sip, which is accurate. To every time I've ever had hot cocoa as a child was basically just burning my tongue. Yeah. Every time. Uh, I'm impatient. I really am too. It's, I, still to this day. Because it gets, once it, it's hot and then it's like, it's only a, the perfect temperature for about 40 seconds. Yep. And then it's ice cold. Like, there's no, you don't have a lot of time to act. No, man, it's just fucking you at that point because it's just chocolate water. Yeah. Let's be honest. We didn't Which make fine, it I guess. milk, I guess. I was never a big fan of you. I'm going to be honest with you. Really? Yeah. Hmm. Although, in my adulthood, I, I like hmm. I like it. Oh, my God. When I made Nesquik. You made it? Yeah. Oh, I yeah, see. Yeah, because you, you get the powder. Yeah. So, I would put... Well, like, you went you went out into the fields and harvested no, Nesquik. No, no, no. And... I had... We had the, the thing of powder, and hmm. I would put, like, six scoops into a small oh. glass. <laughs> I was... Jesus Christ! I, uh, there's, I, it's a wonder I don't have diabetes 20 years ago, and that's just been, I'm not made of diabetes is 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 shocking to me because I was literally just eating Nesquik with a little bit of milk. Um, that's hilarious. Well, that's funny. I used to because my mom wouldn't buy me any of that shit, so I used to just steal her Slim Fast. It was chocolate flavored. I mean, that was still. F- like a just a fat little fuck just down and slim fast. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but it's slim fast in addition to your garbage, obviously. But yeah, 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 yeah. But while they're having their cocoa, he's 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 leveraging this this moment. He's like, "Hey, why the fuck do you run out on me the other day when I was talking about Mister Shriek or Doctor Shriek?" And she sidesteps it. She sidesteps it, but finally she's like, "Well, I don't know if you've heard the stories." But there's monsters in the school of Shriek. Bum, bum, bum. <laughs> and then it cuts to the synth wave 80s music, which felt like the segue you were putting yeah. out there. But, um, yeah, they, they get to talking a little bit. And, and she's like, you know, she drops like, well, they're like monsters at that school. And Jerry's like, monsters? And she's like, it's not funny. And he's like, dude, I've seen the monsters. And she's like, what? And he's like, dude, yeah, I've seen the monsters. Mr. Toggle built them. He's a he's a mechanical genius. And she's like, but, 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 what? what? And he's like, no, no, no. Trust me, they're just floor sweepers. I've met one. I I love how he tells this like he didn't shit himself when he first saw the floor sweeper also. He's just like, right? you fucking numb nuts. It's just a floor sweeper. Exactly, yeah. And she's like, oh, uh, okay, uh, well, y- you know how those <laughs> stories get started. They're probably not true, and they all got simple explanations and stuff. And he's like, what do you mean all those stories? Like, you've heard about other stuff? Like, not just monster stuff? And she's like, yeah, there's stories about how, like, kids went for lessons and never came home again, and then they vanished and just disappeared. And she's like, 
well, that's impossible. And I also said the same thing when I heard it. I said, well, that's impossible. If a lot of kids were going to the school and disappearing and the parents dropped them off there, then there's no way the school would still exist because we'd pretty much know where the kids were when they didn't come back. I mean, come on. But anyway, back into the kayfabe. Um, he also remembers at the same time he says this. Oh, wait, there was a little voice coming out of a cabinet earlier. So, yeah, that makes sense. Maybe there are some lost children in there. He's like, but I guess that, that was probably also Mr. Toggleson. But he invented a voice from a cabinet is probably what that was. Just trying to reason it. Can you give me a hand? Yeah. And then they, they kind of go back and forth about how things are creepy. Can you give me a hand? God damn it. They get to talking and uh, Kim is uh, talking about his piano. And he's like, oh, this piano? This piano's haunted. And she's like, haunted? What do you mean haunted? And he's like, late at night I hear people playing it, man. It's a woman. I even saw her once. It's crazy. She's like, you're putting me on, right? He's like, no, I'm serious. I saw a woman late at night. She comes in, she plays the same melody over and over. And she's like, Jer, Jer Bear, come on, stop it. He's like, she talked to me and then her fucking skin fell off, which is not helping his case. He should have stayed small with the details mm-hmm. to get her convinced, mm-hmm. but he jumped right to, no, I saw her fucking hair fall out in clumps. And uh, Kim, you can kind of tell, is like, oh, I see what's going on here. You're just trying to match my story. You're trying to, like, you're just trying to spread more spooky rumors. You know, this isn't this isn't helpful for anybody. And so, uh, finally, her mom calls, so she has to leave. And as they're leaving, or as she's leaving, she can hear... The piano playing that sad, sad melody. <gasps> and Jerry's like, see? See, Kim? See? Now do you believe me? Dum, dum, dum. Now it's bonkers. So, God damn Kim it. is like, all right, ghost, see you at school. And she pieces out. But then, later that night, he hears the piano again. He's like, that can't be bonkers. I know bonkers play style. This is this is the ghost lady this time. <laughs> He's like, I'm going to show mom and dad once and for all the ghost. So he steps into the family room to take a peek and... Bum, bum, bum. The, short, the, the chapters get real short around here. It's like... Yeah, they do. In fact, I'm going to read you the whole ass chapter of chapter 22. I told 22. you, we can't, we can't do unauthorized audiobooks. Like, I know you really want to do that, but we can't. It's short. Like, the legality is... It's short. I'll, st- I'll start with the second sentence so that we have some culpability. Okay. I couldn't see her eyes. Wait, what was the first sentence now? Uh, she had her head down, her long hair falling over her face. Damn, you tricked me! <laughs> the piano music seemed to swirl around me, pulling me closer despite my fear. My legs were trembling, but I took a step closer, then another. She was all gray. Shades of gray against the blackness of the night sky through the windows. Her head bobbed and swayed in rhythm with the music. The sleeves of her blouse billowed as her arms moved over the keys. I couldn't see her eyes. I couldn't see her face. Her long hair covered her, as if hiding her behind a curtain. The music soared. So sad. So incredibly sad. I took a step closer. I suddenly realized I had forgotten to breathe. I let my breath out in a loud whoosh. You know how when you breathe out, sometimes you make the you make the whoosh at the oh, end. Yeah. You go whoosh. Well, I don't know. I, I definitely go like whoo, just like in the movies and motion right. pictures. Yeah, right, like a Blanche Devereaux. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, he did a full whoosh apparently, and uh, then she she heard that she was like, "What did you just fucking make a whoosh?" And so she stops playing the piano. He's like, "Maybe the maybe the sound of my breathing alerted her to the fact that I was there." 
Like, yeah, probably. If you go around just trying to s- sneak and then you're sometimes you hear somebody go, whoosh. Like, yeah, that'll fucking get your attention, Jerry. Anyway, she says, as she raised her head, or he said, nobody says this. R.L. Stein says, as she raised her head, I could see her pale eyes peering out at me through her hair. I didn't move. I didn't breathe. I didn't make a sound. The stories are true, she whispered, a dry whisper that seemed to come from far away. I wasn't sure I had heard her correctly. I tried to say something, but my voice caught in my throat. No sound came at all. The stories are true, she repeated. Her voice was only air, a hiss of air. I goggled at her. What stories? I finally managed to choke out. The stories about the school, she answered, her hair falling over her face. Then she started to raise her arms off the piano keys. They're true, she moaned. The stories are true. She held her arms up to me. Gaping at them in horror, I cried out, then started to gag. Her arms ended in stumps. She had no hands. Oh, dum dum dum. Jerry uh has a mental break at this point. Like an honest to goodness, like his he just gets so yeah, fucked up that he can't like he basically comes to screaming with his parents counseling him and being like are you fucking okay, dude? Because you're like, your whales have filled this home. Like, they're, like, the, the amount of screaming, like, and he doesn't even remember doing that. Like, he was, like, like, ghost is gone, no more stumps, everything's terrifying. Jerry is just like, fucking piano out, done with the lessons, no more piano. And his parents are like, alright, that's cool. Uh, you do have to go to your last lesson because we kind of paid for it, and, uh, I did appreciate that part. Because I do, cause my parents, 100% also. Like, no, we paid for your last so, yeah, class, same you're, thing. you're going. And then after that, you can Yeah, my daughter didn't want to do her swim lessons anymore. We're like, well, okay, first of all, you're four. You make no rules. Second of all, we already paid for it. So we're going to ship you over there. And usually by the time we get her over there, she's already forgotten she was mad and wanted to quit anyway. Mm. So kids are yeah, dumb. You know, true. You can trick them pretty easily. I mean, Jerry's a little older than your, your daughter, but like still, like his that brain is, is so malleable. Uh, he'll probably like, by the time he's 25, he's not even going to remember the fact that he almost lost his hands to a piano ghost. But <laughs> so he, he goes to his lessons on Friday and his mom is basically like, no, you can't, because like, he's like, let me just run in and tell him I, I have to go. It's like, I'm, I fucking have plans. I have errands to run. This was, this is how it's going to distract you for an hour while I ran errands. So get the fuck out of the car because I'm not going to the beauty salon and then the mall. And then all the other bullshit I have to do with a fucking whiny ass child who doesn't know when to not prank. So get the fuck out of the car. Um, and so Jerry <laughs> goes in. And he's like, God damn, Aaron's. <sighs> As he's going to his lesson, though, he's just like, I've never actually seen another student of this school ever. Like, I think he said he could see the instructors through the windows, like, moving in time with the music and everything, and be like, but he can't actually see the students. He can just hear the music and see the instructors seeming like they're having a good old time in there. But he does his lesson, and then at the end of it, he does exactly what I do, which is wait until the very last minute before being like, oh, by the way, I can never go back to the lesson again. We go back. Like, you just, just drop your big emotional truth on someone and just fucking <laughs> get out of there before you have to deal with the fallout. That is my preferred method of dealing with everything. But, at the very end of the lesson, Jerry's like, Dr. Shriek, I'm real sorry. I'm now noticing your name is Dr. Shriek, and there's a lot of rumors about the hands. I'm gonna go. 
Uh, this will be my last lesson because I don't want to. His mom even gives him an excuse. She's like, it's interfering with his studies. Whatever the fuck you want to tell him. And basically, Jerry's yeah. just like, I don't want to do this anymore. So, bye. Uh, and Dr. Shriek doesn't accept that, which is a bad thing. Like, no. he doesn't have to, like, Jerry could just say, I don't want to do this anymore. That, he doesn't need to come up with an excuse. And Dr. Shriek is like, no, 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 no. I need your lovely hands. And that's when we're like, oh, oh it is a pedophile story. Bum, bum, bum. Yeah. And, uh, it's at this point that, uh, Jerry's like, okay, I gotta get out of here. So he takes off sprinting. Oh, but Dr. Shriek isn't gonna give up. He's gonna be grabbing at him mm. a lot for the next mm-hmm. page and a half. Just, uh, just a running and slip, like, not getting good because of that floor sweeper, probably very waxed, slippery floor. Not getting a lot of good traction, slipping, Dr. Shriek's grabbing, we're getting shirts, he's twisting Barry Sanders and dip, dip, dicking and dodging like a, like a goose shit through a goose, trying to get out of there. And, uh, Shriek's always gaining on him. He's never far enough away to where Jerry feels good about it. The whole time Dr. Shriek is saying crazy things like, come back, Jerry. Come back, Jerry. I need your hands. You cannot get away. Come back. You cannot get away from me. And uh, Jerry's like, oh, but I'm going to try super hard. And so Jerry eventually kind of becomes lost because, as we talked about, the, the prison slash school that he's in is um, laid out very much in a way to trap people. It's kind of like the H.H. H. Holmes house, but for piano mm. kids. Yeah, there's like bars on the window and shit. Like, Yeah, not a fun spot. Uh, so he's like, he just starts screaming for, for Mr. Toggle. Help, Mr. Toggle, help, I'm lost. And Dr. Shriek is, I'm going to say, malfunctioning. Uh, so he finds some double doors, as we always find when we're in trouble, and pushes them open, and Shriek realizes where he's going, and says, No, Jerry, don't go to the recital hall. But it was too late. I pushed through the doors and bolted inside. I'm reading from the book now. Still running, I found myself in an enormous, brightly lit room. I took a few more steps, then stopped in horror. The piano music was deafening, like a never-ending roar of thunder. At first, the room was a blur. Then it slowly began to come into focus. I saw row after row of black pianos. Beside each piano stood a smiling instructor. The instructors all looked alike. They all were bobbing their heads in time to the music. The music was being played by... It was being played by... (gasps) I gasped, staring from row to row. The music was being played by... Hands. Human hands floating over the keyboards. No people attached. Just hands. Oh, dum dum dum. Jerry, just like football player Jerry Rice. Thank you for the nod. Jerry books it. Shriek goes in for a tackle. Like, just a full body tackle. Goes for his legs, but like... Jerry jukes to the left, gets out of the way, but Shriek is up again. Like he gets he gets up off that floor, and he's described as like a big man with white hair, so on the older side we're assuming, unless he's like got a, a some like albinism, which doesn't really affect your ability to be an athlete. So he's either either way, he's a he's a larger gentleman. You don't expect him to be to be fleet of foot, but yet Shriek is I only have like this chapter's a page and a half. I'm making it stretch it out though. I'm stretching You're doing it. a number on it. Uh, yeah. Shriek is, is getting near him. He can almost feel his breath on us. Jerry Rice is streaking down that field with Shriek right behind him. And bum, bum, bum. Well, 
Shriek gets a hold of him, lifts him up by his ankle like he's some kind of, I almost said fish, but you wouldn't lift a fish by its ankle, would you? Maybe another type of dead varmint. Mm. Uh, but Shriek claims, uh, I need those hands, Jerry. And, uh, this is not a good, it's not a good time for Jerry. Uh, Jerry's in, in quite a bit of trouble. So he screams help. It's all he's got. He screams help, 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 help. And, uh, then look who burst in to save the day. Not bonkers, like we all hoped. Nope, it is Mr. Toggle. Mr. Toggle bursts through the door, and now Jerry's happy. He's like, oh, thank God, Mr. Toggle. Oh, please help me. He's crazy. This guy's crazy. As you can tell, he's lifting me up as if I were a fish with ankles, and he's holding me up. And uh, Mr. Toggle says, uh, Jerry, don't worry, bud. I got you. Walks over to a big control panel and flips a switch. At this moment, Dr. Shriek stops, slumps over, probably dropping Jerry to the floor with a fish-like thud. And you're like, oh, that sounds like a fish with ankles fell there. And then uh, another switch that he flips kills all the piano hands and instructors. So all that shuts down. All the music stops. Jerry, at this moment, realizes what we all knew for a long time, is that everything in here is a robot. Jerry says, robots? Oh, Robots? And Mr. Toggle says, yeah. He's like, Dr. Shriek was a robot? He's like, yeah. Yeah. Uh, he's actually my best creation. Real lifelike, isn't he? Jerry's like, they're, wait, they're all, they're all, they're all robots. Toggle's like, yeah, primitive ones. Uh, they're not as advanced as my buddy Dr. Shriek here. He's like, you made all these? He's like, yeah. <laughs> Every one of them. Sure did. Yeah, bud. Jerry's all a mess. He's like, what? I can't believe what's going on here. I thought, uh, I thought Dr. Shriek was real. Now he's a robot. Now things are, what? If you created a robot that just tried to murder me, shouldn't I be afraid of you? I'm starting to do the math a little bit. This still seems like a problem. And, uh, he's like, well, I gotta go now, Mr. Toggle. Good seeing you. What a day. Toggle's like, oh no, not just yet. Jerry turns to face him. He's like, you can't leave just yet. See, because I need your hands. And Jerry's like, oh, what? No, not you too, son of a bitch. He's like, that will be your piano, Jerry. Points over to a piano where a gray-suited instructor stands lifely beside of it, a smile frozen on his face. He's expecting Jerry to get to work here. A little more piano mm-hmm. playing. Dum-dum-dum. I'm just going to start with the beginning of this chapter. I started backing toward the double doors, one step at a time. Why? I stammered. Why do you need my hands? Human hands are too hard to build. Too complicated. Too many parts. Mr. Toggle replied. He scratched his black stubbly beard with one hand as he moved toward me. But, I started, taking another step back. And I can make the hands play beautifully, Mr. Toggle explained, his eyes locked on mine. I've designed computer programs to make them play more beautifully than any live human can play. But I can't build hands. The hand, the students must supply the hands. But why? I demanded. Why are you doing this? To make beautiful music, naturally, Mr. Toggle replied, taking another step closer. I love beautiful music, Jerry. And music is so much more beautiful, so much more perfect, when human mistakes don't get in the way. Which is oh. concerning. Like, yeah. 
just, it's a little unsettling. Like, I feel like humanity is not, like, this is a great, this is a great indictment of chat GPT and other AI bullshit things taking creative pursuits away from humanity and putting it in the hands of the robots. Thank you, R.L. Stein, for showing us the way. Hallelujah. All right, anyway, so Hallelujah. let's get this over with because we spent like three hours on this book already. So <clears throat> I'm sweating. Jerry a lot. is, yeah, my fan is not doing the trick right now. Jerry is just like, I need to, I need to get out of here. I need to go. I don't like, I like music too. Jerry Lewis, one of my favorites. His hand's still attached. I can't help but notice. So I'm just going to go. But uh, before you can do that, uh, the ghost decides she's going to make a house call at Dr. Shriek's School of Music and just, she's in the way and she looks so mad. She looks pretty upset. As far as ghosts go, not a good place to be for Jerry. And, uh, bum, bum, bum. Bum, bum, bum. She says, I told you to leave me alone. And then she floats past Jerry, and Jerry's like, oh, thank God. And she goes uh, over toward Toggle. And then she declares, uh, I don't know if declares is the right word, but she she beckons beings by yelling, awaken! And then uh, some ghosts, some ghosts rise up. They come alive at the pianos. And they float after Toggle, who's like, fuck this, I'm going to get out of here. And he runs out toward the door, but Jer- guess who's there to save the day? Jerry. Jerry stopping an adult. Jerry Rice as a great defensive lineman. Mm-hmm. Just like, yep. And uh, at this point, the ghosts come, they ta- they, they pin old Toggle down. And uh, we're not real sure what the ghosts are up to over there, but they, they got him pinned down. And uh, the, the ghost woman, she turns to Jerry and she goes, I tried to warn you. I tried to scare you away. I lived in your house. I was a victim of this school. I tried to frighten you from becoming a victim, too. And Jerry's like, I, I just, I, and she's like, run, run, hurry, call for help. Uh, for some reason, I guess because probably there's disembodied children all over the premises, so that's fair. And then, um, and, and, and I have a problem with that because, uh, she fucking piqued his curiosity by playing sad piano music in the middle of the night, luring him up there to begin with. She attracted him to the piano, which made this whole thing start. So fuck her and her lies. Okay, she's kind of to blame for this well, whole thing. Like not they were like they weren't gonna find that fucking piano anyway. Also, I yeah, have a it wasn't playing itself in the middle of the night. No one would have given a shit. I'm just thinking. We'll talk about it later. You 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 wrap this chapter. We're almost done. We're at the last chapter. We're almost done. All right, all right, all right. Uh, she tried to warm him. Uh, she tells him to go get help. The ghosts carry a toggle off into the woods again. Who fucking knows what's happening? Uh, and the piano music ended forever. And it ends up the parents, fast forward, we get home, parents have sold, they're going to sell the piano to get themselves a brand new flat screen TV. I believe it was widescreen in the original print, but now it's flat screen. We're advancing past the 90s. And um, Jerry's like, you know what? I think I'll try out for the baseball team. And he does. And everyone says, he's got great hands. That's the end. Bomp, bomp, he's got great bomp. hands. That's, yeah. Toggle was beaten to death out in the woods by a bunch of ghosts. <laughs> And uh, Bonkers remains a menace to society. And no one shuts down that school, apparently. It's just a crime scene with no... It's just a crime scene now. No with a bunch no of fucked up hands in there, like... Biological mm. hands. Mm. And hopefully at least one little girl who might still be alive in a cabinet somewhere. Jerry never mentions that. He's just like, yeah, I quit school. 
<laughs> and that girl in the cabinet. Well, well, this is, I just now remembered it when you brought this her This is up. one of those stories, too, that has no real consequences because all of this took place out of the sight of his parents. And he's quit the school and he's already told them he doesn't want to play the piano anymore. So his mom picks him up. They go home. Mm hmm. And that's it. Why would they ever go to, like, back to the Shriek school to see, like, how's Dr. Shriek doing? Like, as far as his parents are concerned, this was just a weird little episode in their lives where, like, for three or four weeks, their son thought there was a ghost in their piano. But don't worry, we got a flat screen out of it. And, like, that's right. it's kind of wild to me that, like, Jerry basically, like, just fucking sacked up and dealt with all this on his own. Just barely managed to get out of it. But he's okay. And apparently there's, like, a ton of handless missing children that no one ever talks about in this town. Like, I feel like that should be posters all over the post office. Well, we have to assume that he's farming from different locales. So, if you think, yeah, because, so. like, think about this. Like, this could be, like, one of those schools that's, like, uh, a boarding school kind of situation. You bring kids from, like, a couple counties over. They stay the summer. Oops, the school bus, it crashed and all the children died on it. Strangely, all their hands were severed. Like, think of how many accidents he can make. If he can make robots that are super realistic, how many hit and runs happen in this town? And like, oh no, mm, little yeah. Timmy's hands uh, fell off in the accident. Like, this motherfucker, like, Mr. Toggle, his reign of terror can't be over yet. Like, just because a bunch of ghosts came after him? Mm-mm. So, we started this podcast with you saying that you hated this book more than anything that you've ever read before. Why is that? I don't know if I went yeah, that far. Well, now I'm putting you on the back foot, so now maybe you'll say something nice about the book instead. Uh, I don't, I, you know, I think our recap of it helped some of it for me, but while reading it, it felt like he was just throwing a bunch of ideas out and trying to stretch to make them connect at the end. Because we had, we had a ghost in the house, and we had, we had a creepy teacher, and we had this... The, the mechanical thing, I don't know. It felt like it was like always on the verge of going off the rails. But I do kind of like the ending. I, 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 you know, I don't know how else you could have ended it, but I kind of liked the vision of having like the whole auditorium or whatever they were, the mm -hmm. recital hall with all the pianos going and sort of like this mechanical, demonic thing uh, that was all powered somehow. I don't know. I thought th that was kind of neat. Neat way to end it, because I didn't really expect, I guess, that. Filled with children's hands. Yeah, I didn't expect that, but I don't know. I feel like the write-up was um, kind of boring, I guess. Maybe more boring than some others. Like, we you know, we talked about cliffhangers. I didn't really mm. feel like good cliffhangers, you know. There wasn't really a lot of fear. I always felt like the ghost... It was like this tug-of-war between the ghost and Dr. Shriek, where it was like, one of these is bad, and I... I don't really feel threatened by either, really. I feel like part of the problem is Jerry. And it is how well he deals with this whole... He's fuck. too stable. Like, his, like, we hear the story from Jerry's perspective, and he's, like, pretty much like, yeah, I'm fucking, like, these ghosts are scary and shit, but, like, gotta roll with it. You know, like, he's he's so easygoing through the most of the book. Like, he, and he deals with things, like, on a fairly level-headed way, even when things start going to shit. Uh, that it's it's hard to feel scared because he doesn't like he's like spooked and everything, but it's it's never like he's out of control or it always feels like he's maintained some control. Like there's some other books where like I feel like Arl Stein goes too far in the other direction where like the child is like terrified of literally everything. It's just like I I shit myself because <laughs> yeah. I saw a pencil. It's like okay, dude, like calm down. Like it's just a pencil. 
<laughs> little, little too neurotic. Yeah. yeah, but I, I actually enjoyed the separate threat, and I love that the ghost is never explained. Like we never find out. Like, oh, it was Lucy who disappeared or joined eighty five years. Like, who the fuck is this ghost lady? Was like, she was a former student, but there, that's really all you know about her. And like, she seems like she's yeah. older. Like, so it's not all children that he's he's been coveting. But that's why I think it's like not just missing children, but like you know adults which are you know might not have someone looking out for them necessarily oh you're an adult with lovely hands and also no loved ones come here yeah so you're homeless and a pianist amazing come here (sighs) this one also felt weird in that there weren't a lot of other kids there Mm. was we had like a couple brief interactions with kim and i feel like that's usually where a lot of the fun in these Mm. books are is like how the kids interact and how they sort of feed off the stories or they come up with plans that we know as adults are stupid, but we're like, yeah, I'd buy a kid doing yeah. that. Where like Jerry is like your stable narrator the entire time. Yeah, you really only get Kim and Shaw. Yeah, he's a, he's a little too sane. Yeah, he's a little too sane for these scenarios where it's like, all right, well, I'm. You don't seem that worried about it, Jer Bear. So I guess I guess we're good. You got this in hand, buddy. Like we're gonna be fine. Like it, as as much as we give Tomb of the Mummy. That's not the name of that book, is it? Jesus, no, it's not. Curse of the Mummy, I think. Fuck. Uh, this isn't a bit is the sad thing. I genuinely, I don't, I would love for you to go through and rename all the books. I, I, I know upstairs, downstairs is number two. Uh, well, there's <laughs> welcome to dead house. I know that's the first book. Stay out of the basin is the second one. Monster blood's the third one. Right. The fourth. Uh, yeah, yeah I think the so. fourth one is say cheese and die. Or is that the fifth one? Mm-hmm. Anti- but you've already corrected me about that one, so that's not fair. Um, there's the ghost next door. Huh? Okay. Yeah, yeah, that's in uh, there. I can't look at the shelves. The the girl with the haunted mask? Uh, it's not the girl with the it's haunted, just the haunted mask. mask. It's just the okay. haunted mask. I made that so hard to remind. Okay, <laughs> fuck it. And so I, I actually enjoyed this one more. Like, it was, it was a nice, fun ride for me, and I liked that. Not everything was explained. The one thing that bothers me, you're gonna, you're gonna roll your eyes. Why are the hands floating? How are the hands floating? Okay, that, that, yeah, I was like, there's some magic going on that's not explained by his mechanical wizardry, but also, too, and a thing I was gonna point out about the temperature problems with this book. So, Shriek is a robot, but there's a part in the book where his cheeks become rosy because it's cold outside. Oh, that's a lot of extra work for your robot. Yeah. And I was like, well, what the fuck temperature is it outside? The, the attic's hot, the outside's cold, the robot's in between. I'm going to go check the temperature in my attic this winter, and when I come downstairs, I'm like, it's 95 degrees up there, buddy. I'd love yeah. to know. I mean, if you got a good fire crackling downstairs, like, don't cheat. But if it's, like, a nice room temperature. My attic is, like, right above. Like, it's only one floor up, so all the heat does go straight up in there. I mean, it makes sense. I get, I get how like heat works. No, but, but like, I'm saying like most most houses like you know it's like gets narrower and less space, and mm. you're not necessarily heating the second floor as much as you're heating like the first floor. But because right, we're right. living on the second floor, we have the heat on blast down here, so maybe it gets warmer, or maybe I'm just full of shit. That's equally possible. I I, don't know. I have realities in my head that don't exist anywhere else. <laughs> I, I lived in a house without central heating and cooling, and the upstairs of my home was 
always the extreme end of whatever temperature it was supposed to be. If it was a little warm outside, it was hot upstairs. If it was a little chilly outside, it was freezing upstairs. But that's just me. That's just me. But anyway, uh, I'm going to tell you right now, I'm going to give this book three disembodied hands out of a potential seven. I'm going to go three-sevenths. I'm going to go... Which I think is fair to it. It's almost halfway. I mean, it's just uh, it's a two and a half star out of five on Letterboxd. I still like that. It's just not great. I would say... Man, I'm going to go so much higher than you. It's not... This is... Yeah, no, it's not It's all right to be different. It's not to be different. We need to be the same. Forever. I would give it... I would give it like six out of eight tickled ivories. Tickled ivories? Yeah, that's what you call it when you, you tickle the ivories, when you play the piano. Oh. In this case, I mean, like, when, when someone, like, rubs their teeth on, and their fingers on your teeth, though, is what I'm actually <laughs> referencing, uh, which is also just, mm, tickle my ivories. Mm. But I, I actually enjoyed, like, the, the fact that it starts off as a spooker, but it's actually not a spooker. The danger is, is entirely man-made. But then the spookers come in at the end, and they're just like, "Ooh, we're actually dangerous, but only towards the bad guys." Don't worry, Jerry. You go, you go, run on home, call for help, and then he gets in his mom's car and he goes home. Uh, I, I, I did like having a righteous ghost, even though I blamed the whole book on her. But yeah, I, she doesn't know what she's doing. She's fucking dead. She's probably like, "I'm gonna scare them with my piano." She didn't know that Jerry would be like, "Oh fuck yeah, self-playing piano, fuck yeah." <laughs> like, maybe she's just like, this is, it's like the ghosts in Beetlejuice when they first tried to, like, scare everyone out of the house and everyone's just like, we love this. Like, she, they thought they were scary. <laughs> I, I can completely buy that after the documentary Beetlejuice, so. The document, yeah, yeah. Um, well, we, there was a couple, uh, points of trivia I wanted to call out before we got out of here. Uh, we already mentioned the first one, which was that the ebook replaces the Nintendo room with just the video game room, which is fine. Because is it you know, whatever? But I well, mean, what was what was out was the Wii U out? Maybe they didn't want to be like, oh yeah, the Nintendo kids love. Yeah, like maybe. it was right before I'm not the sure. Switch came I don't know. out, and Nintendo was back on top with everything. So I think it was just one of those things where, like in 1993, everybody, every adult, including R.L. Stein, called any video game a Nintendo. Mm, that's true. And now he's realized that oh, I, there's other types. Um, also the tagline for this book. So on the cover itself, there's always little fun taglines. And this one says, play it again, hands. And apparently that was an allusion to the phrase, play it again, Sam, uh, a common misquotation of a line from the film Casablanca, uh, which interesting choice to put as a tagline for a book for, for, you know, small children. They're not going to get a Casablanca reference, but, uh, also, yeah, misquotation. It's, um, I think that quote is actually just says, play it, Sam. I think he says, yeah, like, again, not, also. Not played again. Just like, he just says, like, again, like, at, at certain points also. But, yeah. Because right, it's, right. it's, it's not just so a, interesting. a one-line scene. But it's it's like, uh, yeah, it's not Luke, I'm, I'm your father. It's, a, no, I am your father. That's another misquote, famous misquote. Right. And I blame that one on mm-hmm. Chris Farley. But, uh, but yeah, that's uh, that's another good episode from us. We've done it again, folks. I think we did a good job. You'll never hear it. I like to I like to say that at the end of an episode. I like to tell us what a good job we did. But if you'd like to reach out to us here at uh, Getting Goosey, uh, you can email the show at wegotgoosebumpspodcast at gmail.com. Holy shit, what was I thinking when I came up with that? Once again, that is wegotgoosebumpspodcast 
at gmail.com. And that's for if you have any questions, comments, want to know why the show was on an eight-month hiatus. That was crazy. Uh, you can check us out there. Hey, Yo. Dylan, did you know we got an email? I just looked. We got an email from August 17th from a one Melanie who says, Hi, Dylan and Travis. Recently found the We Got Goosebumps podcast, and I love it. I was a huge fan of the Goosebumps books as a kid, and it's been a lot of fun to revisit the series along with you guys as an adult. So much nostalgia. Also, really appreciate the long format. Well, thank you, Dylan. I was a bit hesitant about our long format, but Dylan, bring it home. Uh, I have a really long, crappy commute for work, and your podcast really helps. Thanks you, Thank you for creating it. Really looking forward to Season 2. Have a good one, Melanie. What a great email, Melanie. Thank you for reaching out. You know what? That's You could be like Melanie. That's email. not too far back, too. We're we're doing pretty good considering. Hi, Melanie. Hi, Melanie. We, we dedicate yeah. this one to you. Do we? Is that is that sure a weird do. thing to do? Hopefully. Like I guess if I say it I, I if I say it like that then it becomes weird. Like if I say it like in that weird kind of yeah, like uh, Do we? Yeah, that cadence yeah, was weird on. Cadence. Uh, yeah. hi Melanie. Thank you for the email. That was lovely. Yes. Yeah. Yeah, thank you. Hope you have both your hands. And it's okay if you don't, but we hope Jesus you Christ. Okay, that wasn't any better. Let's just... Thank you for the email. We also are on, on Twitter. We're on Twitter. We're on Twitter at Say Cheese and Pod. You can message us there. There's been no action there for some time. But you can also, if you'd like, you could support the show on uh, Patreon by going to uh, patreon.com forward slash polykill. That is... Uh, that's the flagship podcast for the entire Polymedia Network, so uh, any contributions you make to that Patreon will impact this show as well and help keep the lights on for us. And with that, Dylan, would you like to close us out by teeing us off for the... Or teeing us up, rather. Uh, we'll tee off next episode, but you can tee us up for next episode by reading the back of the next book. This one goes out to you, Melanie, wherever you are. Okay. All right. There's something weird happening in Fever Swamp. Something really horrible. It started with the strange howling at night. Then there was the rabbit. Torn to shreds. Everyone thinks Grady's new dog is responsible. After all, he looks just like a wolf. And he seems a little on the wild side. But Grady knows his dog is just a regular old dog. And most dogs don't howl at the moon. Or disappear at midnight, or change into terrifying creatures when the moon is full. Or do they? Do they, Melanie?